The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Hey, what's up? This is Jeff Cobb, and you're listening to Keep It A Strong Style. Yo, this is Rich Ladder from One Nation Radio. This is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. We present to you the Ace of Podcasts, keeping it strong style. Let's go. It's the Ace of Podcasts, keeping it strong style. Covering New Japan, they ready to hold it down. Jeremy Donovan and the young boy Josh. Come and hit a job out in Barrio the Frogs. From the Tokyo Dome over to the G1. Social Suplex is the network where we can get it done. I'm a chiller. And let them have it Cause this is just an intro Keeping the strong style Six stars from the get go Boy Yeah from Tampa Bay To the Tokyo Dome This is keeping it strong style With your host Jeremy Donovan And the young boy Joshua Smith And thank you for listening Welcome to Keeping It Strong Style The ace of podcasts On the Social Suplex Podcast Network Jeremy Alvin here with Chris Samsa from SportofProWrestling.com. On today's show, we'll discuss Forbidden Door, the Golden Fight Series, Wrestling Don Taku, and cover all latest news in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. You can support our show by subscribing and following the Social Suplex Podcast Network or keeping it strong style on the podcast app of your choice and leaving a rating interview. You can also get all the podcasts over at SocialSuplex.com. Check out our Pro Wrestling Tea store, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Social Suplex. That's where you can get your official Keeping It Strong style t-shirt. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider making a one-time or monthly donation by visiting SocialSuplex.com slash donate and clicking on the donate button under the Keeping It Strong style logo. This week's episode is brought to you by the NJPW EXT, the only browser extension for NJPWWorld.com. With features like dark mode, improved translations and layouts, custom and shared playlists, synchronized viewing parties, and much, much more. It takes NJPW World to the next level. You can visit njpwext.us today for details. Chris, how you doing, man? Here I am, taking the hot tag, as per usual, here <laughs> for some keeping it strong. So, no, I'm good. Uh, the It's probably the first time we've ever started... I feel like this is the first time I've ever been on the show while the sun is up. So little little peek under the hood. The the sun is still shining here. I still have my window open. So I'm uh, I'm still lively and awake. I haven't fallen asleep just yet. <laughs> yeah, and a little daylight savings action. <laughs> little daylight, little Chicago daylight out here. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, thanks for uh, filling in. Young boy was out this weekend in New York. Just getting back in town. Uh, didn't have time to catch up on everything, and so. Call in our third man, Chris Samsa, the stat man, the man that has all the all the deets. Bring him in. Got the scoops. <laughs> oh, every man. every now and then, I got the scoops. Yeah, I'll man. never share them. Just put, put some vague you'll, shit on you'll, Twitter. You'll drop some breadcrumbs, even in, <laughs> even the DMs. Even in your even in your DMs. <laughs> like we talk to this man all the time, and he'll still drop us breadcrumbs in the DMs. <laughs> just a just a gift. <laughs> I'll let you figure it out on your own. Yeah, with the uh, the shooter the shooter gif uh, before Windy City Riot. <laughs> Listen, I'm not going to tell you who told me that, but um, you know them as well or better than I do. So, mm, interesting. They, they had the, they had the scoop. Hmm. Feel like I need, I need to start talking to some other people. What's what's going on here? She's got to start asking questions. People yeah. talk. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, we got lots of stuff to talk about this week, but I think we got to open up with the biggest news that everybody is buzzing about Forbidden Door happening in your city of Chicago because you don't get enough, you know, awesome wrestling shows. I mean, people keep asking me. I was on a show. What was it this weekend? And they were like, you come to Vegas for double or nothing. I was like, why would I leave Chicago? <laughs> like <laughs> the shows come to me. Um, yeah, uh, I am blessed. Um, Chicago is, is good in, in this era here. But yeah, very excited to see uh, Forbidden Door coming through the United Center, which is a very big building um, in June. It'll be it's going to be a really good time. Yep. So, you know, if anybody's been under a rock, Forbidden Door, joint AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling pay-per-view that will be happening Sunday, June 26th at the United Center in Chicago. Uh, this was announced on last week's episode of Dynamite. We had AEW President Tony Khan coming out along with New Japan's President Takami Obari. They appeared on Dynamite getting ready to announce the pay-per-view they were interrupted by Adam Cole and Jay White. Cole and White ended up dropping the details for the event. Cole then plucked his match with Ishii on Rampage, and then Jay White saying this is all about the Undisputed Elite and the Bullet Club. At this time, we don't have any talent or match announcements announced yet, uh, but Khan did tell Sports Illustrated that the pay-per-view will feature matches with AW talent facing off against NJPW talent. Tickets will go on sale for the show Friday, May 6th at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. The show will air on traditional pay-per-view and on the Bleacher Report app in the United States and on Fight TV for international customers. So, Chris, how do you how are you feeling? The Forbidden Door is, you know, open. For, it's blown off the hinges. How are you feeling? It's no longer a door. It's just <laughs> a pathway. Um I'm very excited about this. I I think the I wish they would have named the show something different, but also I mean, what else would you possibly name this show? That's my only critique so far of this event happening. Um, I love that it's happening. I love that it's it's pretty clear. It seems pretty clear that we're getting AEW versus New Japan. It's not like the Ring of Honor show at Madison Square Garden where it's mostly kind of uh self-insulated matches from both companies so it does look like there's a willingness for them to pit their wrestlers against each other um i i hated the announcement to be perfectly honest like Mm. i'm i'm um i just think this was so cool and it's such a cool event to announce that i wish they would have just said it and let the presidents of the company talk about uh, you know even just briefly talk about that this is a great relationship that we have and that we're building and that we want to do this big event to celebrate that and instead you got adam cole who is just constantly on my screen <laughs> when i'm watching aew and which is fine he's a valued member of their roster um but i adam cole and jay white don't really have anything to do with each other historically um which that's just like a little point of contention and and continuity for me is that like we're trying to make this a thing and i'm sure that they'll succeed in making it a thing but i don't think it needed to be a thing during this announcement that's kind of all i that's my that's my critique of, of the announcement the fact that it exists and that it's happening i'm i couldn't be more excited 
not only because it's in Chicago in the United Center, but because this will be the beginning, right? Like this will be the mm-hmm. first co-branded show. I don't think it'll be the only, which is also exciting, but also something to remember as we go through some fantasy booking. Yeah, and I agree with you. I wasn't the, the biggest fan of the way the announcement came out. You know, I probably would have preferred if it was just kind of like New Japan style where you come back from commercial and then they just kind of played the video package, yes. like do a cool video package announcing the show. Um, and then maybe you cut to uh, Cole and Jay White after that. Sure, right, some, right. Eventually, like, like, get your shit in, right? Like mm-hmm. <laughs> like wrestlers and wrestling companies do. But, um, you know, always cool to see Jay White getting out and doing something um, on AEW. So, and i curious where it all goes, of course. But um, I don't. I didn't need it. I didn't need it that way, to be perfectly honest. Like, why is Adam Cole telling me the date of the show? Right, but I guess it also kind of plays to his character of kind of being this delusional Yes. deal of, of Kenny being gone you know he thinks he's the leader of the elite and he's you know claiming to be this big you know international new Japan star and I mean he did you know defend his ring of honor world title at the Tokyo Dome sure. uh, <laughs> he, he was a member of Bullet Club so I think it's just kind of that that ego driven you know Adam Cole just kind of trying to make himself bigger than what he is which works for his character but sure. I feel like that could have happened like like after the big announcement like a promo video or something yeah yeah that's i i agree um but again obviously adam cole jay white the bull club elite the whole thing is going to come to a head probably at that show so that'll be um that's a cool angle to start and and it started a long time ago even but um it'll be that'll be interesting to see who's all involved and how they get involved and then all the stuff with bullet club that's already happening on the New Japan and impact side of things like there's so much there's so much going on with Bullet Club, but it's also just all living in a little bit of a holding pattern sometimes until like a big thing happens. And then it's like this holding pattern again. So you, I really want to see that come to um, a climax, I guess, at, at this show or at least like really set forth the kind of path forward for the the bullet club stuff or maybe everyone's coming back and becoming bullet club (laughs) bullet club the elite again and and bullet club house of torture and bullet club ogs right like that could absolutely be a thing where they all just decide to work together again which could be cool i don't know right i mean that's what uh jay white said his goal was a couple months ago when his first aw appearance he wants to create the best version of the bullet club so it'll be interesting to see you know kind of where the bucks and kenny lie if kenny is back in time like are they going to kind of follow along adam cole and kind of join bullet club again or at least for a little while uh it'll be interesting to see uh, again how that plays out who they face on that show um you know and when the show was announced i've seen a lot of chatter online and a lot of people kind of worried about the card based off what we saw at night three of wrestle kingdom the big new japan and noah cross show we got a ton of multi-man matches where people were for weeks kind of speculating and fancy booking and making these big, huge one-on-one matches between Noah and New Japan guys. Um, now, with this Forbidden Door card, how are you feeling about that? Do you think we're going to get a bunch of multi-man matches or you think we're going to get some more big-time singles matches? I mean, we're doing a bunch of singles matches on the New Japan show in, in D.C. So I mm-hmm. think the, the willingness to do singles matches is is there. And it's pretty clear to me. And I think they know, I think both sides of the equation know that 
this show will set a tone for cross promotional shows of the future. So, and that doesn't mean that every cross promotional show is going to be champion versus champion, like super high stakes, everything. Like, I don't, I don't think every title under the both banners is going to be on the line uh, at, at this show, but I do think you're going to get three to four big dream style singles matches. Um, that's just speculation. I don't, I don't sit in the room. Right. But I do think that they, they, they're showing a willingness to do singles matches. They are, I think there will be at least, you know, two or three of those matches where the, the winner could go either direction. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think that that's, what's going to make things so interesting. So, and I was talking to someone the other day and, and it kind of came to me that like the IWGP world heavyweight championship after this show isn't really necessary for a couple of months because you go, you roll right into G1 season. So there's no like obvious defense of the IWGP world heavyweight championship. So could that live with an AEW guy for a little while during that time? And they come back and defend at King of pro wrestling or, you know, whatever it may, whatever one of the fall shows is. Yeah. Like that's a reasonable thing that could happen. And it, and new Japan wouldn't necessarily be missing their major title. So, or any, any of their major titles for the, on the heavyweight side, to be right. perfectly honest. I think so, it'd be interesting to have a G1 without the world champion in it. You know, normally you have the world champion in there. He has to eat a couple of falls to set up uh fall title offenses. And eventually his, you know, Russell kingdom opponent mo- opponents with, you know, multiple night shows. So um, it'd be interesting. You have a, a G1 with no world champ and then you kind of save um, some matches there, say some tile defenses for the future, depending on who the champion's going to be um, going into G1, out of G1, and going into Wrestle Kingdom season. Um, you know, and I agree with you. The, both companies are going to be uh, playing ball here, playing together, and making the best card possible. I don't think we're going to get you know every single biggest dream match that we can imagine on this night, but I do think we're going to get some big cross-promotional matchups. Like you mentioned, um, Capital Collision in D.C., we're already seeing Ishii and Eddie Kingston. That was officially announced. They teased Suzuki and Brody King, teased Tanahashi and Moxley. So we're already getting some big matchups on a standalone New Japan of America show. So you got to think Forbidden Door, we are going to get some of that also. I mean, even on New Japan Strong, We've been seeing several AEW guys in singles matches against New Japan guys. This past week, we saw Buddy Murphy against uh, Ren Narita. Uh, this week, Jay, or Jay Leith, or Yamura. This week, Jay Leith was facing Narita. So all throughout Strong, as AEW guys have been coming over, we've been seeing this AEW versus New Japan Jay White Open Challenge. So I think that we're going to see a lot of singles matches. I think there will be some title matches. Um and it can even end up being a super card of honor like situation where it's kind of a mix. So you get some in promotional, maybe you get some straight new Japan versus new Japan, AW versus AW matchups. Yeah. And I think, um, I, th- I think you got to put CM Punk in something major mm-hmm. considering this is the first time back to United center since CM Punk's big return. Right. And like, this is his, his building, right? Like this is the building CM Punk built when it comes to pro wrestling. So, you know, the, the obvious choice is Punk Okada, right? I mean, why not? But I, you know, I also don't know. I don't know that you go that far, right? Mm -hmm. With, with an Okada match and, but 
yeah, I mean, I, you're totally right. And there's so much crossover with New Japan of America and kind of, I guess you could say mid-card AEW, right? Not necessarily mm-hmm. the main eventers, but um, mid-card AEW, strong mid-carders. There's a lot of good wrestlers on the on the AEW side, and they pop up in, in New Japan for New Japan of America shows. And, and you know, that's that gives me such confidence that, they're going to be able to figure out winners and losers for this whole thing. Mm-hmm. They're going to be able to sit at the table and say, okay, who can, who can, you know, who can lose to freaking Okada and who can lose to our champion on the AEW side? And that's the, that's the big deal. Right. And like, then you've got young guys on the AEW side, younger or, or less established guys like Sammy Guevara or Darby Allen that like, there's plenty of dreams you know, dream matches for those guys that you never, you, maybe you wouldn't even think of, right? Like, you know, if you have no regard for human life, you want to see Hiromu versus Darby Allen. Yes, that's, that's, right? that's what like, I want. <laughs> I mean, like, if you want to see the world burn, you want to put those two dudes together. And for something, from nothing, I don't know. I mean, probably not for nothing, but um, Junior Heavyweight Championship, TNT Championship, you know, those types of things. So, so many options it's hard to even speculate without going way way too far into it yeah and then right we haven't talked about tag teams so could could the iwgp tag titles live on aew for a little while yeah absolutely right why not yeah i mean there's every other title lives on aew you may as well (laughs) give them something iwgp for a little while yeah, and uh, FTR, they were on sure. uh, Renee Paquette's podcast this week and mentioned, you know, big goal of theirs is to become the IWGP Tag Team Champions at some point in their career. So do you set up some kind of match? You know, if those guys are still Ring of Honor and AAA champions, do you do some kind of, you know, triple triple crown match where you, you throw up the IWGP titles as well? Um, I think probably the biggest tag match for FTR would probably be Gorillas of Destiny. Um, and there is time to get the, the belts on G.O.D. before that show, so I, I could see that being potentially a big uh, crossover matchup there. Yeah, I mean, why, you know, why not? Or Cobb and Ocon. I mean, Cobb's appeared on AEW as well, and Ocon, mm-hmm. listen, I was in the building for Windy City Riot, man. The people of America love Great Ocon. Yeah, man. <laughs> like, love Great Ocon. Even, even on the Broken Fight TV feed, that, that came through that o- Ocon is getting over in the streets. That dude is good. I mean, like he's he's almost better as a second. So when he came out with Osprey, I mean, he is on every moment he's out at ringside. And then during the tag match too, if he even if he's not in the match, he's he's performing right. Mm-hmm. So like that, he's a star. I I to see it in person was so like eye opening. Not that I'm not a great Ocon guy. I think I've even said that on this show. Like he's a guy that's going to be important long term. But oh man. He is over and listen, coming back to Chicago, right? Like mm-hmm. we know the crowd, like it'll be 10 times the size, probably the crowd as it was at Windy City Riot. But he's, he's a guy that can, I think he'll, he could, um, he'll scale up just fine up to that, up to the big building. So him and Jeff Cobb, that's, that's a great match too. I mean, I would love to see them versus FTR. So it, there's so many directions to go here. Yeah, and then you mentioned about the world title being okay to be missing. I think the junior title is another one that be, could, would be okay to be missing from New Japan for a while because, I mean, G1's going to be right around the corner. Juniors are usually off that tour, maybe just being seconds for guys in undercard matchups and the opposite nights. So you could have, you know, I don't know, Sammy Guevara or Darby, whoever win the junior title, 
at Forbidden Door, hold the title, maybe do some defenses in America, have some juniors come over and, and do AEW, do some strong stuff, and then once G1's over, you, you get the belt back on a New Japan guy and get him back over in Japan. Yeah. I mean, and that's, to to be honest, what's most interesting to me is not necessarily just the buildup to this show, but what starts to happen in Japan, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's the product I watch the most, right? And that's the product I think that you and I both watch the most and pay attention to the most is New Japan in Japan, right? Mm-hmm. And we know as well as anyone that 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 company, New Japan, like classic New Japan, thrives so much on bringing people in, being an international promotion, right? Mm-hmm. How And how is this then a conduit or a catalyst for that to happen, right? For more guys from the AEW side, from this partnership to then appear in Japan, do a tour, even just do what Moxley d- did, which was like, a weekend here and then a big show, right? Like mm. a weekend to build it and a big show. Like Moxley had such a cool kind of schedule when he was um, kind of going back and forth that it was it was so, um, I mean, barring the fact that he missed the one title defense. Uh, I forget what show that was, but yeah. Um, so like a King of Pro Wrestling, I think. Probably King think of Pro it Wrestling. Was like a fall, it was a fall defense. 2019? Yeah. Yeah, with the storm. It was like a tsunami or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like who's the next person that's gonna do that, right? Like mm-hmm. who's the next person that isn't doing that or hasn't ever do that done that that's gonna step out and start to do that? And how protected will they be? Because I mean, I'm sure you noticed, I'm sure everyone noticed that the AEW guys didn't lose on Windy City Riot. So that says to me that um you know they there's some booking protection happening to get them onto the shows definitely uh, right and that's a little bit fair it's also a little bit i don't know a little bit concerning something to keep an eye out on right like yeah. especially as we come into this dc show like um do we need brody king to beat suzuki no Right. Like, right. I don't know. Maybe Suzuki's not exactly a protected guy either. But um, yeah, like those are those are the things like AEW has the high ground, I think, right now on the business side of things, especially as we're operating in America. Right. Right. Bring bring the AEW guys to Japan. It might be a little bit of a different look. Right. But, you know, you hate to say like the home field's going to win. But um, that those things are so, so interesting to me as to like how they end up leveling the playing field how does everyone get what they need out of this partnership and it's almost i wouldn't say it's unprecedented but it's been so long since we've seen anything like it and the pro wrestling industry is so different now than the you know than ever that um it it, the the door being open this way you know if, if if the whole point is for AEW to just like come out strong and and squash everything like that's some vince mcmahon level stuff you know yeah. like we don't nobody needs that and i i think they're smart enough to know that but it's something to, to keep an eye out on especially as we head towards this show right and i think the great thing is here we all know that tony khan is a pro wrestling fan he, totally. he loves new japan and i don't think he's going to do anything to to jeopardize that relationship and i think both guys will, will come together both sides will come together and work something out for the best for both sides and 
obviously some guys are going to need to be protect, protected, but I think they'll kind of figure out who can eat losses and, you know, create some programs. Like it doesn't have to be a one and done. You can set up things where it's, you know, you end up doing a three series. You do rematches in New Japan, rematches in AEW. You have guys going for tournaments. Um, so I think there's a lot of ways to kind of, you know, help the New Japan side as well. Because um, I know, yeah, a lot of people have been concerned about that. Like are the New Japan guys just going to get out, go out here and, and get buried. But I mean, you look, you look at guys like Kazuchika Okada, who's the world champ, especially if he's still a champ going into that show. I have a hard time seeing him uh, eat a L. L, um, you know, Osprey's another guy. I mean, he you have, you have to do that controversial finish with Moxley. He's a guy I can see getting a win. I mean, there's guys that they're protecting in stars that they're building. I mean, Jay White, when's the last time he's eaten? Uh, a very long time since pinfall Jay White lost. At, yeah, in a uh, New Japan ring. Um, yeah. he, he, did, he did lose to Saban uh, during Mania Weekend at the, the Impact Multiverse of Mad, Madness, but that even that was kind of like a roll-up, kind of off-guard pin. But in New Japan, he hasn't been pinned in who, know, who knows how long. Um, I, I mean, I could know pretty quick, but I don't, I'm not going <laughs> to bore you with that. Uh, <laughs> um yeah, and I think the the other thing that excites me about this this date that they picked is that this is exactly when you'll start to see guys declaring themselves for the G1, mm-hmm. right? And so I would be shocked if we come out of Forbidden Door and nobody has grabbed a mic and asked, can they get into the G1, right? Uh, from the AEW side, someone's surprising, right? Because you know mm-hmm. the guys from New Japan that are going to be in. Um, I think... You know, like Moxley did at Dominion in 2019. It's like, I want in the G1. And everyone's right. like, oh, okay, you're really here, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, that like, show, we got, like, several. Because, like, yeah, Mox yeah. declared and then Kenta, Kenta also declared. That's an all-timer, that show. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to, like, building up to, uh, you know, what ended up being a fantastic G1. But, yeah. Yeah, so, like, I see this show being kind of that in a way, right? For the At least for the AEW side where... Some of these guys that you don't expect that that we you know, I don't I, I literally anyone from AEW could show up in the G one, right? Like mm. nothing would surprise me right now. Like Danielson, Moxley, freaking, I mean the most surprising would be like Kenny or Ibushi. Uh, well, I'm sorry, Kenny on the AEW side, but like someone that night is going to declare for the G one. I would be shocked if nobody on the AEW side like says like i need to get into the g1 because i gotta finish this and i need to you know whatever it may be however you get there so that's what's so cool about the timing of this show is that it it is kind of officially it seems like on the schedule it's pretty much the last show before g1 yeah i think so and yeah it'll be great to get some guys over there and i know some guys are kind of waiting for crowds to be able to cheer to want to go back and uh, but the cool thing with AEW, I mean, their roster is so stacked right now that you, you pluck a couple guys, like, they're not going to be hurting. Like, you can elevate some guys. They have enough main avengers. Like, yeah, if you if you send, you know, Brian over, you, you got Mox if he stays. You, you got Kenny. You got Punk. Like, you have so many guys on that roster um, that you can benefit sending a couple guys away and doing some stuff in Japan, being the G1 for a couple months, then coming back. So, yeah, hopefully we do get some kind of surprise people coming out and announcing that they want to be in G1. I will be very disappointed if we don't, but <laughs> I'm like primed and ready for it. But you know, I, I, it's not, that's also the not too late to then announce the whole field that night. I don't, you know, they could, they could do anything, right? Like 
would love to see G1 announcements that night because I'll be there. That's <laughs> but um, I assume I'll be there. I don't know. Tickets are going to be tough to tough to come by. But um, you know, I can pedal my bike down to the United Center and and pedal my way in. But um, <laughs> yeah. So there's there's so much there's so many ways to go about talking about this show. But I think that's kind of those are all my my major points. I think I'm I'm excited. I'm excited that it's happening. I cannot wait for Wrestle Kingdom Night Three, um, AEW versus New Japan <laughs> on January eighth or some whatever random night in the Yokohama Arena. Um, I feel like I feel like I do kind of feel like that's where we're headed. Where yeah. like they to to match what they did last year with Noah, they're gonna need a Wrestle Kingdom Night Three. Um, always growing, always getting bigger, right in in Japan. So it, that wouldn't surprise me in the least if that's the the Japanese side of the show. Right, and as we've been talking about, also they're more open to doing singles matches. So I think doing an yeah. AEW versus New Japan Wrestle Kingdom show will definitely probably end up being more intriguing than Noah's show would be because we know we'll probably get some big time singles matches and some more stakes involved. So that could be uh, very interesting. I uh, got, got some uh, questions here from some of the listeners on Forbidden Door. So first from uh, Reddit user Raising Falcons, he says, early predictions for how do you think the card for Forbidden Door will look like and if you will be assisting the show? Uh, so we, we kind of talked about kind of the structure of what we think we could expect, but any other thoughts on what you're expecting for that card? No, I, you know, just, just what I shared is I think that the top side of it's going to be really, it's going to be great. And I think that you will see some tags, right? I mean, there's going to be some interactions that'll build towards, you know, um the next the next step right and i i think what so many people are looking at with this show is that it's that it's happening mm-hmm. and that it's like a dream card but i i i want to reel that in with the expectation that this is the beginning of something it's not just the one time thing and i i think people look at it like a one time thing a little bit because the only big show that new japan ever ran with ring of honor really big truly big show with ring of honor was the Supercard of Honor, but this is such a higher level, right? New A yeah. New Japan is so 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 established as like the one of the industry leaders, right? They always they always they probably always will be from here on out, unless there's some sort of terrible catastrophic thing that happens. But um, and then AEW has proven itself an industry leader, right? So we're not we're not looking at two like B level pro wrestling companies that are one on the upswing, one kind of on the way down, which was ROH. We're looking at two super established, know their role in the kind of the lexicon of, of pro wrestling. So um, I think it's important to have confidence that this is just the first super show. And I think that both these companies like to do things annually and have tradition. And I think that this is the beginning of a tradition, not necessarily just a one time deal. Right. And it's going to be the beginning of several stories. Even after this show, I'm sure there's going to be more. New Japan of America shows where we have AEW guys featured. I'm sure we're going to see some New Japan guys maybe travel over and be on Dynamite, Rampage, Rampage YouTube. I mean, we saw Suzuki on mm-hmm. Dark Elevation this past week. Uh, we saw, you know, Rocky with Best Friends kind of reuniting again uh, with Funky Vice. So um, there's going to be several things that kind of come from this. And like you mentioned, you know, we might not get every single big dream match. We might not get Brian Danielson versus Zack Sabre Jr. on this show. But maybe you get an interaction that builds to the next show where we do get Brian Saber. Uh, 
I think there will be big matches, but I think a lot of the ones that people are throwing out there, we might not necessarily get to right away. Yeah, there's going to be a segment of the audience that's disappointed once the card is complete. And that's fair, I suppose, until the next one, right? Which right. will have it's it's assuming that this goes well at all, right? And even if it's just a financial success, both companies will want to do more. So that's that's kind of my that's that's the message I want out in the New Japan world right. and the AEW world is that like calm down. <laughs> you can't this is not a two night 20 match whatever thing. It's going to be one event. It's probably going to be awesome. It's going to be a hot crowd. If you're a fan of pro wrestling, you've got to be a fan that this is happening as well as the you have to have some confidence that we're going to do it again. <laughs> and then and then you're going to get all those matches over the next couple of years and it's not going to get colder, right? Like we're right. going to it's going to get hotter and hotter and then there's going to be interpromotional stuff. It's going to be so cool. Um I I I love this. I love I love I would love for this to happen more frequently with different companies cuz it's, you know, if you can get to the table together, there's so much money to be made. Right. I think the encouraging thing, if you look at the, you know, the old New Japan Ring of Honor relationship, I mean, I know you mentioned G1 Supercard was the only big show, but I mean, all the other Supercards had New Japan guys featured. They did the, the War of the Worlds and the Global Wars mm-hmm. tour. So there were several co-branded tours throughout the year. And, and then, I mean, Honor Rising in Japan, in Japan yeah. right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, but the the only massive show was that that MSG show. Yeah, and that's that's they're jumping right to that level here with the AEW relationship, which is kind of wild if you think about it. Yeah, especially you know a couple of years ago they wanted nothing to do with AEW. <laughs> well, yeah, there's so, there's, there's so much there too, but um, yeah, and well, and the the people that wanted nothing to do with AEW seem to be out of the the New Japan office, so that's maybe a little helpful but um i think you know new japan's protective of their brand yeah and i i didn't expect them to jump into bed with a company that hadn't even run a show yet so it's different things are different now but the the power structure in america has also changed because at that point new japan would have had the high ground um they would have been the one in power and i think that that's part of um, what they couldn't agree on. So, and now, you know, AEW's probably got the high ground when it comes down to it. They're yeah. they're kind of in control. They, they, I'm sure they booked the United Center. Um, I know it's their production. This, you know, this particular event is an AEW production. So, um, yeah, so I think you're going to see more. It's going to present kind of that style. Yeah. Uh, Let's Commission 7252 asks, with the announcement of AEW and NJPW joined together for the Forbidden Door in June, should it be AEW wrestlers against New Japan wrestlers, or will it be similar to the ROH and New Japan MSG show in 2019, where it was mostly the companies facing themselves? Yeah, I think we've we've covered that. I think that most of this is going to be versus, AEW versus New Japan. Um, You may see, they may throw a couple of, you know, a couple of um, kind of self-contained matches on each, especially if they want to do a women's match. Right. Yeah. Obviously, um, at this point, we don't have no word if Stardom is going to be involved at all. So, 
offshore they're going to want women representation on this show. So AEW women title match, uh, TBS title match, those would be self-contained AEW versus AEW matches. Yeah, and then maybe you do something. I mean, AEW is never going to want to. My perception is that AEW is not going to want to define any of their wrestlers as a junior. So maybe, maybe <laughs> right. get a junior match. Uh, that's just you, uh, a New Japan match. I don't, you know, I don't know. Or maybe they don't balance that out and they just let AEW have the women's match, which would be fine, right? So, right. Um, yeah, yeah. So that that's the only that would be my only holdup is that they, I'm sure AEW or um, the pressure is on for women's representation in in a in American pro wrestling card so i i think you probably end up seeing that one way or another right i mean super card of honor uh, g1 super card we did see stardom girls come over for that right. and, and work matches so depending i know i think stardom has a show that that weekend so it might be hard to get some of the bigger stars over but maybe um some of the mid card gals can come over so we'll see we'll see what happens there uh, Wiz Factor asks, rather than fancy book the Forbidden Door pay-per-view, I want Jeremy and the young boy to fancy book the perfect social suplex Forbidden Door weekend schedule in Chicago. Well, I mean, we got a Chicago native It's almost here. not. It's not even fair. <laughs> uh, so, Chris, if people are coming to Chicago Forbidden Door weekend, what's the plan? What do they got to do? What are the spots they definitely have to hit up? Uh, tour spots, restaurants. What, what would you book for somebody? Sure. Um barbecue in my backyard um because it's it's legendary at this point <laughs> um i'm not kidding i probably will have a barbecue that day so um most are welcome uh you got to pass a background check but we'll get you there but um <laughs> yeah so chicago in june is awesome um it's it's probably it's summer right but it's not like dog days of summer so and and chicago you so you're probably looking at like 80 85 um on the temperature you're probably looking at pretty nice weather the rain may have subsided for a little while um if i'm booking your time uh you're you're probably coming in on the friday beforehand and you're going to catch a white Sox game um because that's that's my spot so you got the white Sox; they're home that weekend so they're playing they're playing the orioles so i would catch a white Sox game i would wake up the next morning i would go do some uh generic tourism stuff what's nice about this show is that it's actually the united center is actually in chicago it's the only like major pro wrestling place that does shows in quote unquote chicago that's truly in chicago so you can actually stay in the city you can enjoy like the city city um you can get around really easily everyone's going to tell you to go get deep dish pizza i'll tell you what that's what you're supposed to do when you're in chicago but you won't find any Chicagoans actually eating deep dish pizza unless they're with someone from out of town. Cause we like our pizza flat and cut in squares tavern style. That is actual Chicago pizza, but I'm not going to push you away. But if you're going to go to get some deep dish pizza, find yourself a Lou Malnati's. You got to get yourself some Portillo's. Um, so that's going to be your lunch and dinner at some point. And yeah, otherwise, you know, see some of the sites, right? The lakefront's beautiful. You could honestly spend a day wandering Chicago and not spend a single dollar except on food. Um, and you could you would enjoy plenty of beautiful sights, beautiful scenery. You got Buckingham Fountain, you've got um the Bean, you've got Millennium Park, and that's all kind of right in the range, um, close enough to the United Center that you could get around pretty, pretty easily. It's all right downtown. Um, but yeah, I would I would catch that Sox game. They've got post-game fireworks on Friday nights. Um, 
it's good it's good times um plenty to do in in june in chicago i mean i could i could go on and on but um yeah hot dog pizza baseball sightsee enjoy your sunday and catch a catch a beautiful wonderful pro wrestling show and then get the hell out of my city <laughs> yeah i was in chicago uh, all in weekend and i can contest it's, it's very easy to uh, get around the city if you don't have a car public transportation and um it's really easy getting around the city, a lot of cool sights to see. And who knows, there might even be some indie shows that pop up and try and, like, you know, piggyback on. You know, AAW is right. kind of one of the promotions that runs a lot in Chicago. Um, they could run. Warrior. Yeah, Warrior Wrestling. Who knows, GCW might come in town. So if you want some more wrestling before Forbidden Door, there might be some shows that come in town, too. Yeah, I mean, considering that show is Sunday, it wouldn't surprise me to see something pop up that Saturday, right? Right. Someone asked me if I th- thought they would do a Ring of Honor show. That's a, that's I, a, that's an idea. It's an idea. Yeah, I mean, no one really knows what the plans and plans are for Ring of Honor, but um, yeah, you, you, it would be a if if I just don't know where they would do it. Right. You also there, could have um some kind of fan fest meet and greet kind of thing before the like, Saturday before the show. Yeah. Yeah, AEW loves to do that, so that kind of wouldn't surprise me. Though they usually, I mean, they're so set up out in Hoffman Estates with the the Now Arena, um, or the Sears Center, or whatever you want to call it. So it it is, I don't want to say harder because the United Center is in the city, um, but it's a little less like obvious what the what the plans would be. Yeah. Uh, next question here from Dark Soldier. Obligatory Forbidden Door question. People are clamoring for Okada vs. Punk or Hangman vs. Shingo. But in actuality, should we get the true face of AEW Hook versus the really real ace, Doki? Yeah. That sounds <laughs> fine. <laughs> why Why not, right? I mean, you, you probably got to put Hook on that show somehow. And Doki's, he can bump. He can, but I, I don't. I don't want to see my boy Doki just get out here and get suplexed a bunch of times. I want to see Doki, you know, showing what he does. You know, jumping off the rope and doing all these crazy dives, proving he's not going back to Mexico. Like, come on! Yeah, yeah. He, he doesn't want to get too close to Mexico. <laughs> Might push him back. Um, yeah, that. I mean, that's a fine match. I don't know. I don't know who else you put in the ring with Hook. Master Watto. I just knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Come on. What I mean, if, but what fun is that? Very fun. Watch that blue-haired geek get thrown all I over the ring. I The real play might be Hook versus Toriano. I know mm. everyone wants to see Orange Cassidy versus Toriano. Um, but I think Hook... That, I mean, I mean that, that that could work. I mean, Hook is starting a feud of Dan, Danhausen, who's kind right. of chaos-adjacent, so... Hook should be the man that just kills meme wrestling <laughs> as a meme. I mean, Hook's a meme, right? Right, like, that's right. Pretty much what Hook is, just like on the whole other side of the spectrum. But maybe Hook, maybe Hook's the hero we the, the <laughs> that pro wrestling needed. Not that I, I mean, to be honest, I love the Danhausen lane that they've put him in at on AEW. Like mm-hmm. he just kind of appears and does something like silly and then just disappears. Like no. Not too much, just enough, just the right amount where you're like, <laughs> that was funny. Bye. You know, like, and now the, the hook thing is, is solid. So, um, yeah, 
Yeah, let's put Hook in there with the with the meme wrestlers. Doki is kind of that too, though. I mean, in, in our circle at least. Yeah, yeah. So with and and maybe you can get Gino uh involved, but yeah, I'm down with that. If they book that, I would be very pleased. How how about Hook versus Bushi? That's boring. <laughs> uh T shirt Bushi or I mean, if he's getting a squash, it'll you... probably be T shirt. Wait, we're getting because <laughs> I mean, like most of the LIJ guys, uh, non-T-shirt, take your T-shirt off version, totally different than T-shirt version. So right. Bushi especially, though. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's tough to say, but you got you to figure. You, gotta, you need that hook pop, maybe yeah. even to open the show. Yeah. But, I mean, that's the show where you do hook versus, like, Suzuki or something. Oh, man. <laughs> like, something, something wild. Yeah. And I'm sure, too, we've got to think that there'll probably be some kind of battle royal probably yeah. on, on the pre-show to get a bunch of guys on there get, get a bunch of paydays out there and i really some like, interactions yeah i really like the casino battle royal style kind of thing so you could do that and then you're 21 who knows maybe somebody like kushida you don't know whose side he's on kind of oh. uh, <laughs> yeah who, who did he sign with right but then you could have hook in there kind of throwing some people around get some interactions maybe you get, you get your hook suzuki kind of face off right there yeah yeah it's some sort of battle royal just to build some interactions for for nothing or for future um i think would actually be would actually be really cool because if you split it 10 to 10 or 11 to 10 or whatever if you wanted to do the 21 thing that'd be that'd be awesome right. you could do a new japan rambo right yeah you can do that and you know also with you know the factory and la dojo who's been feuding you mm-hmm. can play some of that out on in that battle royal also so lots of options uh, Dom Homie 101 says, with the news of the Forbidden, Forbidden Door pay-per-view event, how would it affect shows like Wrestling Don Taku and Dominion? I mean, I personally don't think it's going to affect shows like that too terribly much, except maybe you're waiting on some of those G1 announcements. So right. I think that's that's the thing that's a little unclear now is when do we announce the full field for the G1? Because there is there's still a couple of weeks from between Forbidden Door and the beginning of the G1. So I have to assume that it's not happening until at least Forbidden Door. Um, and th- they seem to have strayed from New Japan, is, is strayed from announcing too early. I feel like every year it gets closer and closer to that first night, which is hell for me. Um, but <laughs> that's neither here nor there. But yeah, I think that that's so Dontaku is obviously already booked. So I don't think that changes anything for Dontaku. Dominion, yeah, maybe you see less of the build to G1 happening at Dominion. Um, right, and I guess maybe depending on who you want to really build up going to Forbidden Door, maybe you, you do some singles matches where, you know, Osprey or somebody gets a win so that they're looking super strong going into Forbidden Door, or maybe there's a certain championship match you want to do. Obviously, we'll, we'll talk about the U.S. tile picture in a second, but, you know, you got Osprey and Tanahashi facing on Sunday, than a soon-to-be-announced Tanahashi-Moxley match, and we know what happened in Windy City with Osprey and Mox, so a lot of that, there could be some kind of U.S. situation there with all those guys involved, so depending on how you want the U.S. title match, maybe you do a U.S. title match at Forbidden Door, and depending who you want to do, because obviously Mox-Tanahashi is a big deal, an Osprey-Mox match could be great, so depending on who you want going in this champ or how that match is going to look like, maybe Dominion, you can kind of set that up. Yeah, and I guess the other thing to keep a lookout for, specifically with Dominion, is maybe somebody shows up. Yeah. To to build to Forbidden Door, 
right? Right, yeah. You probably aren't just announcing matches, right? There's right. going to be people showing up on both sides of the ocean to build up these matches and 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 make some things happen. So maybe specifically Dominion, maybe people, maybe somebody on you know from the U.S. side of things shows up. Right. We know so, uh, Jericho loves randomly showing up and attacking people. So he's got to have some. He's got to do something on this show, right? I mean, oh, I know definitely. he's kind of. He's a little downcycled on the AEW shows right now, but I mean, he's got a, a, a whole nother unit or whatever. But um, given his history with New Japan, you got to figure he's 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 got some guys on his list that he wants to wrestle. So, right? Why yeah. not? Yeah, I could totally see like a like a Jericho versus Ishii match where Jericho's like, I know I'm a sports entertainer, so I'm gonna use my sports entertainment to beat the most like strong style wrestler you guys got. <laughs> I I think you just booked it. <laughs> That'd be like, fun. But that's the yeah, that's exactly the that's the lane, right? That you gotta figure that Jerry was gonna take. He's gonna try to find the most serious guy. Maybe it's Suzuki. Right. He didn't mention he wants to face Suzuki. Yeah. yeah. That's probably it. Yeah. That's fine. That's cool. Yeah. I'm here for that. That could be a good time. <laughs> uh Dom Homie also asked, what could be the more likely main event for the Bitter Door pay-per-view? The team of the IWGP and AEW Heavyweight Champions versus Jay White and Adam Cole, or the Golden Lovers versus Jay White and Adam Cole? I don't like either of those, honestly. Yeah, I have a hard time seeing either of those matchups happening, especially because we don't know the status of Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi. Both of those guys are still healing from injuries, and it seems like those guys aren't, aren't scheduled to be back anytime soon. I mean, we could have a surprise appearance from one or both of those guys. I'd be surprised to see either of those guys actually wrestling. I could see them maybe doing some kind of angle, but to be in a match, especially in a big main event match where both of them have been off for so long, I don't know. It would be cool if they showed up together. Yeah. Just for anything. Mm-hmm. Um as they've both been out for a while, right? Like that that could be cool. That would be that would be huge. Yeah, I mean um, I could see like you, you do an angle where, you know, you have Bull Club and Undisputed Elite and they're trying to give, you know, Bull Club shirts to the young bucks and then Kenny comes out and then kind of a replay of the the original Civil War and Adam Cole and all those guys are beating down Kenny and the Bucks, and then Ibushi comes, makes a big save, and you have the the reunion of the Golden Elite, and they're they're fighting off Bullet Club. Yeah, just run it back. That actually sounds fine. Um, yeah, I mean, Ibushi keeps talking about how he's still hurt, so, but I don't, you know, worker's gonna work too, so who knows? Yeah. But um, yeah, I, d- I don't think the main event's gonna be a tag match. I think we're gonna see a singles match as, as the main event. So, um, I hope. Yeah, um, I mean, you, you got to think, um, obviously, Punk is a likely candidate to be in a singles match in the main event. I know you threw out Okada earlier. There's also a potential Kenta match. If it's Kenta, oh, yeah. if it's Kenta sure. I don't know if it's gonna, it'll be the main event, but I'll see the whole GTS versus GTS. Kenta has been clamoring online for years now to, to get him in there with Punk and, you know, him stealing all of, uh, of Punk stealing a lot of Kenta's moves. And so there's, there's a ready-made feud and match right there between those two guys. So if you don't want to put Punk in the main event, if he's going to be semi or, you know, in that kind of clothing stretch of big singles, Punk and Kenta makes a ton of sense. Yeah, you got to figure there's at least one special singles match with nothing on the line except pride, and, and that could certainly, that would certainly qualify. You put the GTS on the line. Loser, loser can't do a GTS anymore. 
<laughs> kind of like Tenzan and his chops, right? Right. And then Kento will just come up with a new way to do the GTS and just call it something different. <laughs> <laughs> the Rockabye Baby. Yeah. <laughs> the Sweet Dreams. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so kind of transitioning from Forbidden Door, uh, we had a little Forbidden Door action on this past Friday's Rampage where we had Adam Cole defeating Tomohiro Ishii in a Owen Hart qualifier match. We had uh, Rocky Romero and Orange Cassidy out there with Ishii representing Chaos. and We had uh, Jay White coming down towards the end of the match and uh, helping Adam Cole uh, defeat Ishii. Did you guys see this uh, matchup, Chris? Yeah. What do you think about it? It was fine. I'm. I'm. Uh, I was very excited when Adam Cole showed up in Chicago. I had a great time. It was. It was a big surprise. And now he's just always on my damn TV in a singles match. <laughs> it's a lot, man. Yeah. It's a lot. I'm. I'm a little burnt out on Adam Cole. He didn't give an NXT face during this match, which is a plus. He didn't react, you know, dramatically, but I think Ichi kept the pace up. But yeah, it was it's fine. I hate to, you know, I'm a I'm a homer, so I hate to see my guys lose on yeah. uh AEW TV, but um you kind of knew what direction it was headed. Yeah. I mean, I like Adam Cole, a big fan of his work. Always been kind of one of my favorite guys. Uh, but I don't know, for this match, like I thought it was a good match, a very good match, but for whatever I mean when you see Ishii wrestle, you kind of want to see the Ishii, you know, epic, strong style matchup. And also, this was a TV match. It was a match where Cole needed to go over, so you didn't quite get the full Ishii experience here, in which also we've been kind of seeing that in some of his uh, American matches, especially when it is a TV match or a match against a lesser-known opponent. He's not given the full, you know, four, four-and-a-half-star Ishii, you know, matchup that we normally get so when you when you see when you hear Ishii you get excited and you kind of expect that and so we didn't quite get that here again very good matchup for Rampage for TV match for this Owen Hart qualifier made sense with the whole you know the JY connection that they're trying to make and the whole peace treaty thing that's happening here between the undisputed elite and Bullet Club and advances that story but I would have loved a more straight up match and these guys just kind of killing it but it was good for what it was yeah, it was fine. It was it's worth watching and just you kind of knew where it was headed and that's that's always a shame to me with a guy like Ishii. Yeah. Uh Dark Soldier asks, he said uh, Orange Cassidy was Ishii's first partner in AEW and now he has uh there for has her back for this match with Adam Cole baby. Are Orange and Ishii friendship goals? Um uh, yeah, must be. I mean like it's a it's an interesting relationship. Um, orange, I guess that that truly establishes orange in in chaos and Ishi, you know, tough dude and orange, orange is tough tough guy too. So he just they both kind of put on a, a facade until they break. So they they actually have a lot more in common than you would think on the surface. Yeah, and I I think Ishi deep down he's a little, kind of a goofy guy sometimes, and we've seen pictures of him like in the, the Hello Kitty kind of stuff and <laughs> goofing around with, you know, Goto and Yoshihashi sometimes off camera. So I, I feel like those guys, like you mentioned, probably get along better than people would think they do. Yeah. I bet they're actually, they're, they're, they're the real best friends. 
Well, you know, there's a lot going on right now with best friends and chaos and Wheeler, Utah, you know, leaving best friends, but, you know, still being a part of chaos on strong and New Japan and America. Yeah, <laughs> and I was in the building for that dark match and nothing happened with, it was, they just had a match. There was no hostility. So I listen, good on him. I guess he's, he's Wheeler, Utah's getting paid twice. Hey, yeah. Get those checks. <laughs> All right, we're going to transfer over to Japan now, talk about the Golden Fight series that's been going on, The essentially the, the Road to Wrestling Dontaku, just with a, a fancy name. Uh, we're going to go over the results of some of these shows and then focusing on the, the bigger matches that happened on the tour. Uh, so on April 19th, we had Master Wato defeating Vegeta, 5 minutes 51 seconds, Rich Kataguchi defeating Rihoya Oiwa, 7 Minutes 42 seconds. We have the Chaos team of Hiroki Goto, Toriyano, and Yoshihashi defeating the Great Bash Heel team of Makabe and Hanuma, teaming up with Tiger Mask. 8 minutes 35 seconds. The Suzuki Goon team of Doki, El Sparado, Yoshinobu Kanamaru, and Zack Sabre Jr. defeating the Bullet Club team of Bad Luck Fale, Chase Owens, Gato, and Taiji Ishimori at 10 minutes and 33 seconds. At the House of Torture, Dick Togo, Evil, Sho, and Yudro defeating. G.O.D., Tanahashi, and Jado, 12 minutes and one second. Semi-main event, we had the L.I.J. team of Hiromu Takahashi and Shingo Takagi defeating the Suzuki-gun team of Taichi and Takamichi Noku. And then we had the Chaos team of Kazuchika Okada and Yo defeating the L.I.J. team of Bushi and Naito. Um, and we do have some kind of story development here with Yo and Hiromu uh, after the, the 18th uh, fight series show. Romu was kind of cutting a promo saying that Yo's motivation seemed to be in question recent weeks. And after the loss during the Golden Fight series, he found himself aggressively called out by Romu. And uh, the time bomb say that Yo was a completely different person to the one who he fought so valiantly in the Best of Super Junior 28 final this past December. And this was uh, something that Yo took to heart, which uh, brought the fire to Yo. And um, Yo eventually ended up uh, laying out Hiromu and... Um, challenging him for a match at Wrestling Dontaku. So that match up ended up getting added to the Dontaku card, and we've been seeing these guys kind of face off more in tag matches on this Golden Fight Series show. Uh, we had a question from Les Commission 7252. It says, is this a resurgence of Yo going to the finals in the Best of Super Juniors this year against Hiromu to avenge his loss in the finals late last year and a farewell to Hiromu when he leaves the junior division? I everyone wants Hiromu to leave the junior division like now. He's still very short. <laughs> I mean, is, is he that short though? I don't know. Um, I it's just a running bit that I have in, in multiple <laughs> places, so I had to I had to say it. Um, I I I think usually you see the. I mean, it's really kind of a classic build to kind of quote-unquote graduate from the junior division right mm. you you start to challenge some heavyweights so we're, we're that's the stage we're at but eventually you win the never open weight championship like that's how you get out of the junior division you win the never open weight championship we saw it with abushi we saw it with osprey right like that's the path that we see most frequently um i think that it's a long play with Hiromu. So no, I I don't think this is a farewell to Hiromu as he leaves the junior division. Um, 
I listen, I would I would love to be wrong because I think it's really interesting to try to put him into the heavyweight division, but you usually see some physical changes too. Right. And Hiromu, if nothing else, he's not even it, he's ripped. Like that dude's in really good shape. And sometimes you see that on social media and, and all that, but he's not like showing that and they're not making that into a big deal that he has more strength or that he's bulked up, you know, the way that we saw with Osprey specifically most recently, like they started not just the English commentators, but like everyone started talking about how he was getting bigger, right. And stronger and could hang longer with the heavyweights. Right. And, even no matter what the situation, a tag or a tournament match or whatever. So I don't think we're quite there with Hiromu. Um, I think we'll know more after best of the super juniors. Cause if he's booked, I can't imagine him winning it again, but maybe, um, right. I mean, but, the, the only reason to really have him winning is if you, you want him to break the record. Cause I think he's tied right now with yeah. three wins with uh, Koji Kanemoto if you want him to kind of break that record, so to, you know, stamp him as the, you know, greatest junior, he's won it four times, I can see that. But again, like we've been saying on the show, I, I don't think he should win either. But the, the issue is when it comes to business, Hiromu is still the biggest draw in the junior division. So it's mm-hmm. kind of hard to just kind of pluck him out and leave the division as is. I mean, Desperado, they've been pushing him. He's a very good wrestler. Um, but he hasn't been proven yet to draw on the level that Hiromu has drawn. Um, and right now, the division, besides Despy, like there's not a ton of really big names or guys who can draw. I mean, you got ELP, you got Taiji, Bushi, Master Wato. I mean, it's... Show. Show, yeah. It, it's not your, you know, 2017 junior division. Um, you, you don't have your Osprey, you don't have your Ricochet, you, you don't have Dragon Lee, you don't have, you know, all these guys, Kushida, you don't have these guys that are all big stars where you pluck one out, you have other guys that kind of hold that division up. So I think until we get some more guys in to mix it up, which it, it does seem like with Super Juniors, you know, we already got Francisco Akira coming in and it seems like we're going to get potentially maybe some strong guys or some other uh, foreigners coming in for the tournament. I think once you get some more foreigners in and mixed up with some other guys kind of getting pushed and getting over, I think that will open up the spot for Hiromu to potentially leave the division. Yeah. And, and kind of, as I referenced earlier, new Japan being an international company, like best of the super juniors is exactly the, the right place to demonstrate that. Right. And it always had it always has been right you bring in guys from mexico and and europe and um the u.s canada right like that's such an international always has been since the beginning it's been an international tournament and i think that's why it felt so stale the past couple of years is because like none of those guys could could be there nobody from any other country was in best of super juniors except i guess elp but um you know he's he's around so frequently so yeah i mean i i just don't know who takes that kind of ace level right because Mm -hmm. these guys haven't been here in so long you almost have to reintroduce them and best of the super juniors this year is probably the right chance to do that but how bad how how better to reintroduce people to the junior division than to have them win against romu 
right? Like to really establish them or, I mean, someone like Dragon Lee, right? Like those guys have had dozens of uh, incredible matches, right? So if he's coming back, you know, he probably just takes the reins and, and runs with it. But um, I think he's really the guy. Like if Dragon Lee comes back and you've got him kind of locked in as a, you know, New Japan's his priority, that gives you space to move Hiromu around because I think he's an established guy. Him and El Desperado is a really interesting feud, right? Maybe right. you can get a guy like Bandito, right? Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of guys out there that you could get back into the mix, and that creates space for Hiromu. But I think you need Hiromu there to build those guys up and then move on, right? Via probably a never open weight championship match. Yeah, and there's also probably gonna be some strong guys that come over. Uh, Clark sure. Clark Connors is mentioned wanting to be. In Best of the Super Juniors and really, you know, make a name for himself in that junior division. Uh, Ren Narita, when he was a young lion, he was in the 2019 tournament. So now that he's more experienced, been training with Shibata, maybe, you know, he had a Wrestle Kingdom match. Maybe you you bring yeah. him back and he gets more wins and you kind of push him as somebody in the junior division. Yeah, he can come back and get some W's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Dark Soldier wrote us a poem. He says, oh. roses are red, violets are blue. Karen won't like it, but this is something I must do. His wrestling is good, but he definitely does not glow. Given his win-loss record, is Yo still a ho? I'm pretty sure that's a poem for Josh. (laughs) Karen and I had a wonderful hot dog lunch with Kevin Kelly um, while we were all in Chicago. And other Karen. Um, I hate to call her other Karen. Karen Murray. Um, I think that's her last name, but yeah, um, Karen would not like that poem. You're, you're <laughs> right. Dark soldier. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm still not, uh, feeling yo to me. I don't know his presentation and just, they, I, they're trying to heat him up with this whole Hiromu thing, but I'm just, I don't know. I, I'm just after the whole show feud, I'm, I'm kind of done with yo. Well, I almost feel like this, this Hiromu yo match is a make good for how much they ruined that best of super juniors final with shows, weird faces and yeah. strange yelling. <laughs> so I, I hope that's the case. Cause I, this could be, that could be a really fun match. Um, I, I think yo is fine, but I need some life out of him. You yeah. know? Yeah. He just, he comes out there just kind of blank look on his face. There's no energy. There's no fire. Like, where's the fighting spirit? Where's the, you know, charisma? Like, like I don't know. Like, this guy just got done with a blood feud where his best friend and training partner stabbed him in the back. And it's just like, he's just kind of like, oh, okay, it's He's fine. like, I'll wear different pants. <laughs> <laughs> and a hoodie. Yeah. Like, he's got a good look. He's got a really good look. It's just like, what defines him in the ring once he's wrestling? Like, what's, what, like, that's, I guess, as a singles guy, that's what I haven't figured out with Yo yet, is what is his, like, signature style in the ring, right? Mm-hmm. Like, in the middle of a match, like, what, what are you looking forward to? What, not even just, like, what spots, but, like, what's his style? I, I, I don't have, like, a good feel for that yet. Yeah, I mean, it, it's wacky roll-up guy. I mean, that, that that's the style. I mean, he's going to try and do the five-star clutch or one of his other, you know, Lucha Rezu, you know, wacky roll-up that he knows. And it's like, eh. That's not all that exciting. Right. <laughs> I think that's what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. 
I need some impact moves. Yeah. Some big stuff. Give me give me some risk. It's, it's Russell, the junior division, damn yeah, it. Exactly. Give some energy. Like you you watch some junior matches of the old and you see these guys with you know they're they're flying, they're high speed, they're intense, like it's there's so much energy in life and then you look at a guy like yo just walks down, he looks like he's bored half the time, like there's just no motivation. He's, cool. he's too cool. Yeah. Don't be cool. <laughs> be be less cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'd see it some more, more fire out of you. Yeah. And maybe we'll get that in this Hiromu match. I, I am looking forward to it. I think this is a this is kind of a pivotal match for Yo's path forward. So um one one to keep an eye on without a doubt. Yeah. And then on the April 20th show, we had uh, Fujita defeating Nakashima, Doki, Taka, Kanemaru, and Zach. Wait, 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 wait. We have to talk. We're getting wins from young these this young lion class yeah, yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fujita. We're getting wins and losses, which is, we're going to, now this is where we separate the men from the boys. Now, yeah. we, now we're getting wins and losses. We're not getting a bunch of time limit draws. So I'm, yeah. I'm even more excited for this the the first match on most of these shows now yeah so we've had oiwa getting his first win over vegeta vegeta here he's beating yuta nakashima getting his this is his was this his first win on this one first singles win or he's i think so or did he win who wrestled on the the wrestle kingdom show Uh, because one of them beat one of the noah young lions yeah but that and then uh one of these guys got a win on the corkin 60th anniversary too yeah um, but New Japan proper, this would have been his first win. Yeah. But yeah, Oiwa beat Fujita the night before. Yeah. Right, but Fujita beat uh, Rio Inoue on the Cork and Hall 60th anniversary of the show that I don't know that it's popped up anywhere. Yeah, I mean, I, have, I haven't found it yet. But um, yeah, so but then he finally got his first New Japan win here. So... Yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah, we're seeing some advancement here. No more, you know, 10-minute draws. We're getting some wins here. And Yuto Nakashima, he's still uh, struggling and fighting for his first uh, singles win. And he was the first one to appear, technically, for, what, 30, 30 seconds or something. <laughs> yeah, but... and then having the uh, the shoulder or arm mm-hmm. injury. Uh, so, yeah, so he's, you know, kind of, he's falling behind. The injury has set him back behind Oiwa and Vegeta. And so now he's trying to catch up in this class and get his first win and, uh, you know, get on their level. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then after that, we had uh, Doki, Taka, Kanemaru, Zack Sabre Jr. defeating Wato, Taguchi, Tiger Mask, and Hanma. We had Sho and Yudro defeating Jado and Tangaloa. Goto, Toriano, Yoshihashi, and Togi Makabe defeating Balak Fale, Chase, Gato, and Taiji Ishimori. Then we had Suzuki-guns, Desperado, and Taichi defeating Bushi and Shingo. Some of the main event of Hiroshi Tanahashi and Tamatanga defeating Dick Togo and Evil. And then a main event of Hiromu Takahashi and Naito defeating Kazuchika Okada and Yo. 18 minutes and 13 seconds. Which brings us to the last show on the Golden Fight series, which happened yesterday, April 25th. Essentially, kind of a, a go home show here for Wrestling Dantaku. So in the opener, we had Great Bash Heel of Togi Makabe and Tomioka Hanma defeating Tiger Mask and Yuto Nakashima. Then we had Doki Kanemaru, Zack Sabre Jr. defeating Wato, Taguchi, and Oiwa. Then the Bull Club team of Gato and Taiji Ishimori defeated the Suzuki team of El Desperado and Takamichinoku. 
Bullet Club team with Balak Fale and Chase Owens defeating Bishimon, Hiroki Goto, and Yoshihashi. And uh, both these teams are going to be in the triple threat tag title match up here. So a little bit of a preview of that match up here in um, Bullet Club getting the win here over the former champions. Yeah, I mean, I, they had Bad Luck Folly and Chase Owens had to prove their prove their path here, and they took the opportunity to do so. So, um, curious to see where that goes. I mean, they're those guys have teamed together forever for a really long time, and Goto and Yoshiashi just had a good reign, and they had the good uh, trios reign over the what, last summer, really. Yeah. Um. Well, last year. So yeah, I was I was kind of glad to see the bullet club side of this get the win because otherwise they kind of don't have a place in that triple threat match so it, it did establish them as a as a threat yeah that was the the most logical booking decision but another end though it's like all right why is goto and yoshihashi even in the triple, th- triple threat now like they lost the titles to Cobb and okan and now they've lost clean to well i guess they did cheat but i mean they lost officially to um, Balak Folly and Chase Owens here. So why isn't you know Balak Folly and Chase just getting a straight up tag title match? So because it's already booked. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know why that ended up a triple threat, and they couldn't have just. I mean, Chase and Folly just did the you know backstage ask for a match thing, and it happened. So I don't really know why Goto and Yoshihashi are involved, but. It, it'll make for a more interesting match, probably. Yeah, um, definitely. It's good. And maybe it'll really put over the um, United Empire side of things because they, if they win, they're going to come out looking strong because that's kind of how they are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then after that, we had uh, the LIJ team of Bushi, Hiromu, and Naito defeating the Chaos team of Okado, Okada, Yano, and Yo. And after this match, we had a little angle here. Uh, so Naito got the the win for the team on Yano, and then uh, Naito and Okada have a little face off. Naito offers the Lij fist bump to Okada. Okada does it, but then tries to sucker Naito in for a rainmaker. Naito does one of my favorite new Naito spots where he has a pop up into the kick to the balls, <laughs> 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 and then he hits a Destino on Okada. Has the champ laid out. So we've seen Okada laid out with the casino before the big title match. Momentum seems to be on Naito's side here. Yeah, well, Naito's got the most recent win. So, um, you know, don't mind that they just trade wins most of their most of their path forward. So, but uh, yeah, uh, fun. Oh, Naito and Okada is, is classic and. It, it is a little downcycled, right? And we'll talk a little bit about that as we go through the Dontaku card. But it's still, I mean, they're still generational rivals, right? So that is, it's still always going to be exciting when those guys mix it up. And then, you know, you love a good, I love a classic New Japan, you know, go home angle. Yeah, this is nice. So then we had a semi-main event. We had the never open weight six-man tag team titles on the line. The champions, House of Torture, Evil, Show, and Yujiro Takahashi, they defeated the Gorillas of Destiny, Tam Tonga, and Tangaloa, and Hiroshi Tanahashi, who were accompanied by Jado, 17 minutes and 6 seconds. 
we got Tanahashi coming out to G.O.D. music <laughs> for this match, which is kind of <laughs> a weird uh, visual. Uh, but Chris, what do you think about this uh, never open weight six man tag team title match? I think this was the first time I was rooting for House of Torture to win. Mm. Like I, I, I didn't, I didn't, I don't need Girls of Destiny and Tanahashi to be the the six man champs to be like established that Girls of Destiny are on that side of the equation now. So, and I, I, I kind of like House of Torture in the six man space. Um, because there's so much they can do and it, it's less annoying. Um, I think there's more to do with them holding the belts than Tamatanga, Tangelo, and, and Tanahashi. So the match is good. It's fine. I mean, these are this is this is good workers. This is good stuff. You got Tanahashi in there. Like, what's not to like? But I I it's I don't think I've ever like rooted for House of Torture to win anything, um, but I, I wanted them to win this match, and they and they did, which pleased me. Yeah, I actually uh, enjoyed this match more than I thought I was going to, and I think it's just something about House of Torture when they're in six man or eight man matches when more of them are involved, it's kind of there's less screwiness. I mean, also they're still going to cheat. They're still going to be distractions and bumps but i think it's less egregious when all of them are already involved in the match so you don't have as many people running out like in an evil match when you have like three guys running out it's like come on but the guys are all already out there they're already involved in the match there's not quite as much egregious interference once all of them are kind of involved so i thought it was good back and forth i thought they told a good story in the matchup um they ended up cheating with Fudro, um, getting a low blow on Tangaloa, hitting him with the the, the big juice. And that also sets up Dontaku because Tangaloa mm-hmm. and Yujiro are having a singles match. And then uh, Evil and Tamatonga are having a singles match. So right now you have everything kind of leaning. Once again, the favor of House of Torture. They're running with the momentum going into Sunday, which means maybe there's some hope that the, the Hontai crew here, G.O.D. and Tanahashi, they're, they're going to get some uh, comeuppance come wrestling Dontaku. Yeah, and I think I like same. I like them better in this six man space because they're gonna the all these guys are gonna be involved in all these matches anyway. If it's a singles match or <laughs> right. whatever, so you may as well put them all actually in the match or you know three of the four of them actually in the match. And that's you're right, less egregious, less annoying, you know. And they can still do all the all the stuff that they do. It's just. You know, I mean, we know as well as anyone that New Japan tag team matches aren't exactly like clean tags and only two people legal at a time. So um, this demonstrates why that's a, a fine strategy. So and and they're they're built for it. They obviously have been working towards this exact championship, the the never six men trio championship, because they are very good at at using all of their resources to win. So. Right, and then um, as never six-man champs, you kind of keep them in their own little world. They don't have to be in the world title picture. They don't have to be in the U.S. title picture, like any kind of big, serious matchups. They're just kind of living in their own little world doing their never six-man thing. Yeah, it's fun. It's a fun match. Worth watching. Yeah, and we had a question here from Reddit user Typhoon. Why does NJPW still have trios titles? They may be the most worthless belts in all of wrestling. 
Well, Typhoon, you are outing yourself as someone who didn't watch New Japan during most of the actual heart of the pandemic when this was this trio's title carried um so many shows um when it was on the the chaos group so um not the most worthless belts in all of wrestling i could i could i could list some pretty worthless belts (laughs) um you can see them on fox and usa network in the united states (laughs) but um yeah yeah no i i disagree um it ebbs and flows right the never six man titles ebb ebb and flow with their importance and with who they're on and what story they're telling and you know for whatever a whole year they kind of just disappeared in what was that point was that 2019 i think yeah i think so yeah they pretty much just (laughs) the guys i can't even remember i think it was a chaos group just didn't even bring them out to the ring anymore for a little while or they would just forget them so i i get it i hear you but um they're not the most worthless belts in all of wrestling. Also, it's three belts, so not a singular belt. <laughs> um, yeah, there's some good stuff to be had with Never Six. Uh, with Never Six, so yeah, I don't know. And like like you mentioned, it's it's had its highs, it's had its lows, and but also in the last year, they did a really great job building it up with that team of Yoshihashi, Goto, and Tomohiro Ishii. Just the the run that they have that those titles and the great matches they were having and main eventing Cork and Halls and really having some high stakes matches, and now for a team like House of Torture, I know we all are not the huge you know big fans of House of Torture and the interference and all that stuff, but it's still a very pushed group guys who get a lot of TV time, a focal point of storytelling in New Japan. They're a big part of this whole Bullet Club you know Civil War stuff that's happening. So the belts are on a you know, a popular pushed act right now, and they're serving a purpose for those guys right now. So I think even though it's not, you know, Yoshihashi, Goto, and Ishii having killer matches, it's still on a important unit for New Japan, and it's getting screen time. They're doing, you know, semi-main event on this show right here. And so I think going forward, we're going to continue to see, especially, you know, with less titles, we have the IC title out of the picture that opens up slots for more title matches in other divisions. So I think we'll continue to see the number six man could continue to be visible and get somewhat of a push. You know who doesn't have enough titles? What company just needs a six man title to just add to the mix? AEW needs a six All man. Elite Wrestling. <laughs> I don't think they have enough titles on their TV shows. So, uh, and everyone wants them to have a trios title. They, maybe they can just borrow the Never titles. <laughs> that would actually be kind of cool, but they are bogged down a little bit with um titles from a bunch of other companies already so but yeah that it that would be a cool way to introduce kind of cross-company trios titles um though i think tony khan threw away the ring of honor trios championships they just like disappeared and aren't going (laughs) to come back so yeah it's probably not actually the strategy but um yeah you know i always say aew needs more championships Hey man, I I want the, the AEW trios title so bad. Like there's so many trios that well, that I mean no, there's a there's a real there's a real need or or desire for those. There's there's no reason not to to have those. But you got to figure out what to do with all these ring of, ring of honor belts um, before you do that. Probably I think, I think you just got to figure out what do with ring of honor in general. <laughs> it's like a good problem to have, but it's also. Uh, 
from the outside looking in, it's kind of like, why? Like, what are we, what are, what's happening here? Yeah, I'm I'm just really curious, kind of like what the the whole end game is. I I totally understand wanting the library, wanting the rights to all in to help, you know, booster up a potential streaming deal to have more content under your belt. That's great, but I just don't get like what the whole the plan is for for AW or for ROH. I mean, I'm all down for more great wrestling, especially in North America. Uh, We need more great wrestling promotions here, but I just don't know exactly what TK's big plan is here. Someone asked me the other day if this New Japan AEW relationship existed because AEW inherited a relationship (laughs) from Ring of Honor. (laughs) And it was a smart person and a person that I have a lot of respect for. Um, But I was so surprised by the question because it just seems so... It seems so out there yeah. that that would be the case that like AEW is like oh now we got to work with new japan because now we're ring of honor like that's the stretch yeah. um but with that said um it did clean things up for new japan's american partnership a little bit so yeah. I, maybe maybe in some way or another that is how they ended up going all in no pun intended with with the relationship yeah i love the question though i i hate <laughs> You know, know, it's a reasonable ask. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's a stretchy, but yeah, but also it's also kind of funny. It's like at first, like you know, RH is our partner. Well, guess what? We now own RH. Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, all right, let's run a show. (laughs) I mean, it is. It is. I I can't discount it completely. Yeah. As being like something that at least contributed to it. Yeah. All right, so a big main event here on this uh, final Golden Fight Series show. We had the 2022 Provisional KOPW Trophy title match on the line here. The 30-count match. And, uh, you know, last week the stipulations came out after we recorded. Uh, We had a vote between the Takagi Three Falls match and then uh, Taichi's 30 count match which ended up winning here so the whole you know stipulation of this match was a kind of running fall count total so each guy in order to win you had to get a total of 30 count so every pinfall count you got added up so if you got a two count you got two points you got a three count you got three points you can get a, a five six count you would you get you know continue to add up the score here and we had a scoreboard scoreboard on the screen here for for both guys as they were getting falls their points would go up and kind of a upset but not an upset at the same time we had the dragon Shingo Takagi defeating Taichi who just recently won the KOPW trophy and so we have a, a new provisional 2022 KOPW trophy holder in Shingo Takagi Chris what do you think about this uh, first ever 30 count fall match I really enjoyed this. Um, I, I, this is kind of what I wanted KOPW to be. And I, I know I've said it on this show a couple times of like what it could be or like, you know, I guess my personal vision for what this thing could be. So that this when when they even just when they announced the two stipulations, I was so excited. I thought they were very cool. Um, and I, I, I voted for the 30 count match. So I was I was excited for that. I was very concerned that they like wouldn't have a scoreboard. Yeah. We'd kind of like be on our own, you know, and like I'm obviously watching 
close to live. So we're, we're talking Japanese commentary and I'm like, I don't know how to count that high. <laughs> um, I can get to like four, but um, yeah, the scoreboard was helpful, but it, it was, it was cool. And it was also like alarming. Any of the counts that went over three because it was like, I, I intellectually understood that that was probably going to happen, but like, it's so weird when you're watching pro wrestling for the count to go past three because three is the end of a match right, right like yeah. that's <laughs> like i'm internalized that count that third you know hand slap in the mat as like oh that's the end of the match like that's the exciting moment and it's just like it it was so like anticlimactic that like i mean there was like a six count at some point and like a four count and like it just like really kind of threw me off but in a way that was like engaging and fun um you know they told a good story they did like the comeback situation um you know shingo was was pretty far down and really had to like wiggle out of a lot of even one counts or two counts like that's that you saw a lot more of that like you know one count you know zero count where like red shoes is trying to catch up and and Mm -hmm. and and hit the mat so um this was a really cool fun stipulation and like i hope you know for more stuff like this in the kopw space not no more dog cage lights out you know whatever blindfold evil matches like more stuff like this just like kind of off kilter wacky um but like still a pro wrestling match this was still just a pro wrestling match with cumulative fall um counts which like gave me so many ideas of like (laughs) what i could like track um as the stat guy right like so now i'm sitting here thinking like do i should i track this for like the g1 like that would be fun right who had the most counts right like (laughs) who had the least the count to win ratio right there's so many i i have so many ideas um whether i have time to like truly sit down and log all that i don't know i (laughs) I, I like to spend my time on world tag league counting tags. So I may as well <laughs> um, go further in, but yeah, it was, it, this was right up my alley. Loved it. I think these guys did it. It was a cool matchup too. Um, I was surprised to see Shingo win, but um, you know, Shingo, Shingo's had his time doing wacky stuff in, in dragon gate and different stipulation matches and, and things like that. So um, we should be, prepared for for more of that for a little while i like it's a little bit of an elevation for this title to put it on someone who used to be a world champion right or was very recently a world champion Mm -hmm. so i i don't you know i don't see this becoming a main event thing but fun matches like this on you know the go home show for the really big show instead of on the undercard of the really big show i think that's um a great slot for this uh particular um provisional championship it was cool it was absolutely worth seeking out a little bit different um in a good way yeah you know i said kind of surprised with the result because it's like all right tai chi just won it had all this kind of big promos and plans for kopw um, but loses it on the first defense. But at the same time, like you mentioned, it's it Shingo just recently was the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, was in one of the main events at the Tokyo Dome. And I get Tai Chi's a guy that's a upper mid Carter and gets upsets and gets is, is kind of pushed close to that potential, you know, world title challenger level. Uh, but with Shingo just coming off that 
you know, a great world title run and a Tokyo Dome main event. I mean, I think I think it made a lot of sense for Shingo to beat Tai Chi right now in a singles match. Uh, but overall, I really enjoy this matchup also. And like you mentioned, a uh, great point that at the heart of this, it was a straight up professional wrestling match. Yes, they had the whole cumulative 30 count, but like if you stripped away like them getting multiple counts, like if this was just a re- regular match, like this, this match was put together almost like a regular match just with the extra counts. Like it was these guys throwing lariats, Taiki throwing axe bombers, dangerous suplex, you know, Shingo doing pumping bomber. Like you're, you're getting this the same kind of thing you would get in a normal Tai Chi and Shingo match. It says you had these added elements and added story devices of this cumulative count. And what I really liked about the matchup, it kind of combined elements of some other matchups. So in one way, it was almost like a stardom high speed match, uh, especially at the beginning, because you have these guys that are like they're they're going for these kind of quick pinfalls and cradles and you know every count really matters here so they're, they're going for these quick pins and so you're, you're kind of getting that that stardom high speed element with the kind of quick pinfalls and guys trying to kind of get the quick one up on each other and then you also have the elements of a iron man match where you know an iron man match you're, you're getting multiple three counts you're, you have a scoreboard you have that story where somebody is usually behind and has to come back and try and catch up or tie or go to overtime and so we got the here, like you mentioned, with Shingo uh, eventually getting really behind. You know, uh, Tai Chi hitting the Black Mephisto, getting a six count off of that. And Tai Chi was just really hitting some really big moves and got up to, I think he was like up to like 28 or 29 um, towards the end of the matchup. And Shingo really had to rally behind, like you mentioned, kick out at zero and really fight to get off his back to catch up and then eventually win the matchup. So a lot of really cool elements and just really made every near fall just every pinfall really count you know a lot of times we, we watch matches a guy hits a clothesline goes for a pin like we know that that's not going to be the you know the, the closing you know sequence or the, the pin to win off of that especially in the beginning of the match like that's all to say to wear down your opponent make them exert energy to kick out but in reality we know it's not coming until a big finisher is coming or if it's going to be towards the end of the match kind of thing and so here literally every pinfall counted because you're, you're getting a point off of each count. So in a way it made every big move and every near fall count even more because it was adding up to the, the cumulative score. So that was a cool uh, storytelling element here. Uh, but yeah, I really enjoyed the match. I went four stars on it and it's a thing where I, I thought it was really cool, but I don't know like how many more of these I want to see. Like, I don't know if I want every show to have a, a 30 count match. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a, a cool stipulation for KLPW and something that can maybe happen every once in a while. Uh, but I'm not sure how much, how often I want throw 30 count matches all the time. Yeah. And I, I guess I didn't catch, maybe, maybe it's more obvious to someone else than, but like, where, where are we going here? What did Shingo have to say after the match? I didn't, I didn't see any subtitled uh, post-match stuff. So, um, who's next right like that's yeah. an interesting wrinkle here too especially as you involve a guy like shingo right i, did, I know what he did mention I, the only thing i did see was him saying that um as a, a former iwgb champion he, he raised that title up to a high level um he wants to do the same thing for klpw um, and that was kind of tai chi's kind of plan too and wanting this to be in more main events in a higher level and obviously you know, the, the trophy has been elevating. We you know we went from Yano to Tai Chi to now Shingo. 
uh, former world champion, former never open weight champion, um, somebody who was cleaning up in the, in the junior division, a top star in the promotion right now. So, yeah, this is on a guy who's usually in big matches, big feuds, has great matchups. So it's definitely elevates the, the, the trophy. I guess the question is, all right, yeah, like you mentioned, who's next? Do we Are we going to go back to a Yano route where it's going to be Shingo and Yano, which leads to a, a Yano wacky stipulation? Or do we go like Shingo and Suzuki, Shingo Ishii, Shingo Nagata, and do we get more more pro wrestling based stipulations where at the heart of the match, it's still a pro wrestling straight up pro wrestling match, but maybe you're just kind of getting some little, little alterations. Yeah. And I'm looking at the Dantaku card and you've got Shingo in the opener against Suzuki Goon, right? Taichi Takamichi Noku and Zack Sabre Jr. Maybe it's Taka, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's Zack and they do some, I mean, Zack's kind of gotten in the mix with Yano, but um, maybe he needs something to do. So maybe maybe that continues kind of down the line of Suzuki Goon. But um, it, yeah, I'm I'm more curious about this um, this trophy or provisional championship than I have ever been. Now that Shingo has it, and and honestly, when Taichi had it too, I was interested to see where that was that was going to go. So I I like. I like stipulation matches. I, I think I, I think people see me as kind of a purist when it comes to pro wrestling. And, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I love the G1 and I love best of super juniors. I love singles matches that mean something. But um, this space could be really a fun and different thing in, in New Japan. And I, I would like to see that. Yeah. And if nobody, if you guys have not seen this matchup yet, I know it was yesterday and it wasn't really that heavily promoted. I think people have kind of glossed over this tour, uh, but definitely go out and check this matchup out. It's, it's still Shingo and Taichi having a singles match. And like I mentioned, it's it a really fun, interesting style uh, matchup here. And it was hard hitting you had a lot of big spots. I, I thought the, the ways that they were getting their points were, were very interesting and creative. And um, it does leave the door open for Taichi to, you know, Got a claim for a rematch. I mean, there was he got two six counts in this match over Shingo, so he he beat him like four times <laughs> in a regular match. Um, so yeah, it's just really cool and a really fun matchup. A lot of cool spots. Um, mentioned the whole come from behind story for Shingo. It's a surprise win. Like I don't think I think a lot of people were inve- invested in Tai Chi being KOPW and him doing something different with it. Um, but yeah, it's. Shingo's the KOPW guy right now, and like you mentioned, it's going to be see what's interesting on what's coming up next for uh, KOPW. So with that, let's uh, transfer over to uh, Wrestling Don Taku, which is happening May 1st, and you know the next really big New Japan show happening uh, starts at 4 a.m. Eastern time here for uh, the big Wrestling Don Taku show, and one thing I love here, we're not getting, you know, two or three nights of Don Taku. We're getting one big um, size card here. And it looks like a really uh, fun show from top to bottom. Classic, single, New Japan, big-ass show. I'm yeah. here for it. So we'll uh, run down the card here, give our uh, thoughts and uh, predictions for each of the matchups here. So the show will open up. We have a six-man tag match here. We have the Suzuki-Gun team of Taichi, 
Takamichinoku and Zack Sabre Jr. taking on the LIJ team of Bushi and Shingo Takagi, and they'll be teaming up with Tatsumi Fujinami. Yeah, this probably a just a fun opener. Uh, we're getting Fujinami on all these big shows, which is it's neat, and he still has something, right? Mm-hmm. He's still he still can get in there in a multi man match, so um, cool to see him involved here. Could this set up a KOPW something or other? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, that that would be what I would... I, that's what I will be keeping an eye out for because I don't see another... A different reason for this match to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. I really like the, the idea you have of Zach being the one to go after Shingo. We know Zach and Shingo, they've developed this rivalry uh, over the G1 and world title matches in New Japan Cup. And then... Um, with Saber being Tai Chi's partner, Saber could be, you know, wanting to avenge Tai Chi and bring the KOBW back to Suzuki Goon and Dangerous Techers. So you could have uh, Shingo and Saber have a match, and maybe Saber says, "Hey, let's have a submission match." Submission, and, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say that's that's the simplest way, right? Submission mm-hmm. match, or then Shingo says, "No, pins only." Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. That. Oh, there we go. So and then the people vote. So, you know, submission or pins only. I think we just booked it. Uh, there's it. So, and that's, but that's, that's simple, but also pro wrestling, right? right like yeah. That's where this could be. Right. So who, what do you want to see? Do you want to see who do you want to have the advantage as the mm, fan? Right. Right. Yeah. Shingo just won a 30 count match. So Shingo can build up some pins, right? Right. Yeah. Zach won one match in the, in the new Japan cup with a pin. Right. And everything else is submission. He's such a submission guy. So that could, Hmm. Bro, Jeremy, dude, let's go. Gato, let's go. Give us the call. We got you. We we can book this KLPW I for mean, you. I know. I kind of shadow book New Japan a little bit, you know, <laughs> and stats and data. But this one, this seems like just an idea right out of the brain. Yeah. I'm here for it. Send this to the right people in the office. You know, put it put in well, a good word. Let's for see. Me. I know some people who know some people, and I don't know which people they know, but I know that they know some people in the room. So. I might, maybe I'll plant that seed, see yeah. if I can get it into the room. Yeah, we need to get that going. Uh, but yeah, that'll be interesting. Wait, 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 what would you vote for? Uh, if that were the, if, the, if those were the options? I think I would go submission mm-hmm. and see Shingo again. I think Shingo is so good at being the underdog and having to fight from underneath and rally. So I think it would be cool for Shingo. Yeah, he hits a pumping bomber, but what do you, you gotta what, put a hold on right <laughs> yeah. um and obviously shingo is a very talented guy and also can do submissions so it would be cool though like he, yeah he's going for a pumping bomber he's, he's going for last of the dragon man in japan and he's like oh crap i can't win with pinfall i need to throw a hold on now gotta do uh, painful things <laughs> right so it'd be cool to have him fight from underneath saber yeah. have the advantage and then it could be a match where either guy can win like yeah. Saber could win, and then you know you're just kind of bouncing KOPW around, but you're having these more fun pro wrestling style matchups. Yeah, I was gonna say like, what's the shame in bouncing this thing around too, right? Like it's it's a provisional championship too, so right. the hot potato thing actually adds drama um, to who gets to hold it at the end of the year or whatever. They haven't really made that a big deal, but they could. Right. So yeah, I don't know. So- I got I got hopes now. Cause I feel like it's been so stagnant. Like it just became like a Toriano show, and like you expect, all right, well, Yano's just gonna win, and if he loses, he's gonna get right back. And so it's kind of been this revolving Yano show for the last couple of years now. So 
to actually have it bouncing around from person to person and getting some fresh kind of stipulations and matchups here and being more pro wrestling based. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I know there are there are wrestlers that want KOPW to be this, right? That this was initially the pitch to the locker room that like it was just gonna be more like what we're seeing, what we saw with Tai Chi and, and Shingo. So and then it just kind of lived with Yano for so long that it ended up in in a rut. And you know, there there could be something here that that could be could be fun. And and I think you know, there was some truth to the things Tai Chi and Shingo have said about this, you know, particular lane of, of New Japan and, and kind of elevating this this particular piece. So putting people like Zack Sabre Jr. or Shingo in that mix would be would be neat. Now, we're way ahead of ourselves. We don't even know that that's where we're headed. But um, now I have a reason to care about this match because yeah. I want to see Zack somehow get you know bait shingo into a, a kopw thing and if that happens then someone needs to hire me and you and <laughs> we'll be on the next flight out cut the check <laughs> <laughs> uh so are you, are you gonna go with the zugun team winning yeah yeah i'm gonna because i want that i want zach to defeat shingo and and set up the uh some sort of kopw thing so yes my only issue of going with the Sukunin team is Taka's on that side, and he's the lowest man on the totem pole in this match. So I could see Shingo yeah. winning, but Zach still somehow call, yeah. calling him out afterwards. We've seen plenty of times, and and then you can set the KOPW that way. Maybe Taka's on the come up. Hey, maybe he, he is. He, he's not. <laughs> They're running another Taka Taka Mania thing, though, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, they are. So the relationship must be good. Yeah, I mean, after that beating he took from <laughs> <laughs> from dangerous tech, I'll never forget watching that. Yeah, like I will never forget watching that. That was alarming. That that man, you know, got earned his way back in with the, with those licks. <laughs> man, and no one stopped him. Right. He had a team. That was a tag team match. And no one stopped that. Oh man, Suzuki just watched that man just yep. <laughs> get murdered. Just watching a man die, <laughs> the same way, the the exact way you would expect. Yep. <laughs> it would have been funny if Suzuki had like just made like a three on two, like three on one, like just, just got all... on the other side right. of the ring. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So uh, following that six man, we're gonna have Hiromu Takahashi versus Yo. Like we talked about, uh, this all came from the Golden Fight series where Hiromu called Yo out and. You know, retaliated and challenged Hiromu. So now we have this added singles matchup, special singles match between Hiromu and Yo. Who you got, Chris? I think if Yo loses here, he's officially a hoe. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know that there's any way around it. Yeah. So I, I mean, the, stake, the stakes are high for Yo. This is, yeah, kind of a make or break, especially going into best of the Super Juniors next month. Like, if he if he loses, it's like, he really is just a guy. Like, there's, there's nothing to him. Like, why even bother caring or investing in this guy? So I think he does need the big win. Like you mentioned earlier, I think this is, this is the make good for last year's Super Junior Finals that had the show interference. I feel like these guys can have their clean straight up match up here. The only thing it is the second match of the night. So I don't know how much time they're going to get. Um, but that might be a good thing. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, listen, these two dudes, 12 to 15 minutes, junior style, New Japan match. Doesn't have to be high flying, right? But like good, solid, good pace. Like, no, not main event style. Hiromu's proven that he can do main event, New Japan main event style. He can do it. We know. I want to see Hiromu do 12 to 15 minutes with a guy that they they main evented right mm-hmm. together so that's that's my true hope for this match regardless of who wins is that we get a kind of a classic junior undercard match yeah i i'm gonna go with yo here because i just don't think it makes booking sense to, to beat yo at this point i think yo needs to win and then that can set up hiromu going into super juniors maybe with a little bit of broken confidence and it's a whole new story where Hiromu's not you know, just dominating everybody, and he's kind of struggling a little bit in Super Juniors. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, Yo needs to win this for Best of Super Juniors to be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and I love Best of Super Juniors. my favorite tournament, honestly, when it's true, right? When it's international, et cetera, and, and that hopefully we'll see some... Gosh, we got to see talent announcements for that soon, right? Maybe this show. Maybe on the show, right? Yeah. I mean... I hope <laughs> I'll be watching live. So I, I, I always like to see the talent announcements. Yeah, this would be the time, I guess, because it's only two weeks out then. Yeah. So then after that, we have another special singles match with House of Tortures, Yuro Takahashi taking on Tangaloa. Yeah, I mean, big match, huge. He's going to show <laughs> up. You know it. Um, Tangaloa. Is gonna have a singles match. Yep. Um, yeah. No. I mean, this is a it's a reasonable match to have on this card. Um, you know, given the the Bullet Club and and House Torture stuff. So, um, am I excited for it? No. But I get it. I understand why it exists, and I think. Yeah. Huh? probably. Just to. To take you off the scent for the evil Tamatanga match? Maybe, but they did such a big emphasis on Nujiro cheating to beat uh, Tangaloa in the Never Six Man oh, yeah. title match. I feel like Tangaloa is going to get revenge here, get some comeuppance, and uh, get the, the win over Yujiro. But I mean, they, they could do, the, I mean, honestly, it, it could go either way. But I, I, I'm gonna go with Tangaloa. <laughs> yeah, I don't. It's I don't know that there's a long game here with yeah. these guys. But it gets them on the card, and I listen. I love a singles match, so right. Um, I'm sure it's, it's gonna be kept very short. So yeah, it, it'll be fun. Yeah, and we'll get some sort of mid-match monologue from Tangaloa. That's <laughs> uh, it's pretty hilarious though. Sometimes I mean, they're better than other mid-match monologues in other companies. So. <laughs> Uh, Same family ish. Yeah. <laughs> <though. laughs> uh, so after that match, we'll have our first uh, championship match of the evening. The IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Titles will be on the line at six or nine. Master Wato and Rich Kataguchi will defend their titles against the Suzuki Goon team of Doki and Yoshinobu Kanemaru. Is it Doki's time? I, I want it to be Doki's time. <laughs> I know uh, you do. <laughs> Doki has been 
fighting so hard. This guy's been having great matches, risking his body for our entertainment, not wanting to go back to the indie dirty slums of uh, Tijuana, Mexico. I, I feel like it's his time. I mean, Master Wato has held gold. Yoshihashi has held gold. It, it is now time for Doki. This man has come in clutch in two best of Super Juniors now. He's been having bangers with Hiromu. He's been great in never six-man title matches. It, it, it's it's time. G- give Doki some, give him shine here. Let him let him capture his first IWGP gold here. I don't think it's Doki's time. <laughs> I just don't. I I think Doki's got to work his way up the same way everyone else tries to. I think he's got to win those never sixes somehow. Probably after El Desperado loses the junior championship. Maybe we'll get a full junior team win mm. the uh, the Never Sixes, which would actually be kind of cool. Um, it could be, though. could be Doki's time. I don't know. I guess, it's, I guess. This, it's tough. This is a tough one because um, neither of these teams is like a clear favorite in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, but Wado and Taguchi keep kind of finding ways to make themselves into winners and Doki does not typically find a way to make himself (laughs) into a winner. So like with that said, I think I have to, I have to go with the momentum of team six or nine. Um, But I would also, I would love it. Don't get me wrong, but if we're doing actual predictions, um, I have to predict team six or nine. Yeah, man, it's it's a tough one. And I guess one hard thing to think about too, is like what, what's next. We don't, we don't have a ton of junior tag teams right now. So if Taguchi and Wato do win, like back to ELP and Taiji, like who, like, well, I think you start to see some things probably set up, uh, during the super juniors then. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I'm going to go against my, my, my head. I'm going to go with my heart. (laughs) I'm going to go with Doki and Kanemaru as our new junior tag champs. Uh, so following that, we'll have another, Tag title match. The IWGB heavyweight tag team titles will be on the line in a three-way match. The champions representing the United Empire, Great Okan and Jeff Cobb, will be defending against Bishimon, Roki Goto, and Yoshihashi, and the Bullet Club duo of Bad Luck Fale and Chase Owens. Yeah, we already talked about this one a little bit when we talked about the results of uh, the previous show, but I, I think... You leave those titles on United Empire um, because I think that that's a top tier tag team, and they've been they've been booked as such for a long time now. Um, you know their their all time record as a tag team is outrageously good. Um, so yeah, I think I think you leave the titles with them. You know I don't know if you saw on Twitter Jeff Cobb did a a little photo shoot in a in some sort of hot bath or something with the <laughs> IWGB tag title. I did not see that. It's <laughs> I mean, um, it's not for children. Um, <laughs> it's not the last the last picture on on of the four that he posted on Twitter is not not for children. It should take the the Elon Musk censorship. Um, you know, Shawn Michaels has started a, a bad trend I, that's... for wrestlers taking questionable pictures with titles. Uh, we've seen it with, with Sammy and uh, Ty, and jeez, oh, yeah, <laughs> and now. Uh, Cobb is now uh, joining the club here. <laughs> he looks like he's having a good time, though. Um, <laughs> it's not. It's really not like 
Um, it's not like that. Well, it, I mean, it is like that, but it's also not. It's not quite the Shawn Michaels level. <laughs> if you're catching what I'm throwing down. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think, like I said, seeing them, seeing those dudes in person, up close and personal, in 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 Chicago at Windy City Riot, like, I think there's so much. Um, there's so much to do with these guys as the as the champs. There's some fresh matchups. There's energy around it. It builds up United Empire just a little bit, right? And these mm-hmm. not the not that they necessarily need that, but some gold on that uh, in that unit is is good. So I think you leave the gold with them, and and you know you you can cycle, sorry, cycle out Goto and, and Yoshihashi and the and the Bullet Club group, and I think there's going to be other tag teams available um, as as we go forward here. So I think that's to me that's the play. Yeah, I think you really need to establish Okan and Cobb here for at least one defense here. And from when you see it right, they, they did tease a Cobb and Okan versus uh, Good Brothers. And I believe Cobb and Okan are going to be back in the States after yeah, they, after this show. Because they're, they're going to be on the collision uh, tapings uh, for New Japan Strong in Philadelphia. Yeah, they pretty much turn right right back around and and come back and and continue their their US stuff. So, um yeah, they look good with the belts. Yeah. They look good. So, so uh, Capital Collision you, you could do Cobb and O'Connor versus Good Brothers. Yeah. Sure. I mean, that would be the show I think to do that. Yeah. Um and then that could, I guess, go either direction. You could that could be the conduit to get the Good Brothers actually back with New Japan proper, which I know, you know, I've heard, we've all heard for a long time that that's that was their goal, um, and they ended up with Impact because of pandemic and all that. But, um, you know, I would be prepared for the Good Brothers to start showing up in in proper New Japan um, pretty soon. Yeah, and I believe that their Impact contracts are ending pretty soon as well. So I don't know how much longer. We'll see them there, and so maybe I will see the full transition over to New Japan. Now that travel has opened back up, and Strong is traveling with fans, so I could I could see them transitioning more into to New Japan. But yeah, that could be the gateway to, especially for Bidden Door of Bull Club being involved. Maybe you want Good Brothers in some kind of match with those titles. Um, Good Brothers versus FTR, maybe. But uh, for now, yeah, I think Cobb and O'Connor will get the will get the win here and go on to defend the titles in the states. And I could see them pinning Fale and Chase. So you could also yeah. save a uh, Bishimon rematch down the line. Yeah, and also really eliminate that segment of the Bullet Club, I guess, right? If if we're talking about getting Gallows and Anderson involved. So I don't know that Gallows and Anderson are the guys to have the belt going into Forbidden Door, though, because we saw so much of them on AEW TV already. Right, yeah. So that's not super exciting, but not everything's going to be exciting. Right, some of it's going to be storyline advancement. I think you're going to see a lot of Bullet Club stuff. So, well, yeah, yeah, that's an interesting call out, though. Yeah, but I guess you could have Cobb and O'Con beat them, and then for Dominion, you could run back Cobb and O'Con versus Bishamon. Yeah, I I think you got to get Goto and Yoshihashi out of the picture for a little while. But if they're going to be a tag team long term going forward, you may I guess you keep them keep them involved. Yeah. So then following that, we will have the never open weight title on the line as a champion evil will defend against Tamatanga. I'm looking forward to this because I think the result is entirely in question. 
I I I'm kind of hopeful for a Tomatonga win just to see where they go, right? Because the only feud for him right now is is Bullet Club or House of Torture related. And I obviously he's gonna live in that space, but if he's a title holder, that does open up the door a little bit further for some other stuff. Plus, um Jay White was the never open weight the last time jay white was in japan he had a belt and it was the never open weight championship right right? so if we're finally getting to the point where these guys are all going to start to interact and jay white's going to get involved maybe tamatanga is the guy to put it on evil works too but tamatanga has actually already been you know kicked out of bullet club or you know removed from bullet club so that would open the door to um getting jay white involved if you wanted to get him, put him back with the never open weight championship, if he's ready for travel, he's got his visa stuff situated. Um, that's so I guess that would be a kind of a clearer path to get Jay White involved in the all the shenanigans. Um, Jay White versus Tamatonga for, for a series. Yeah, I'm all behind Tamatonga here. I think it's his time. I think the, the Bay Face turn has been working great, the crowd's really into it. He's been fired up. You know, I was talking about Yo and what's missing. You know, Tam Tonga has that fire, that energy. He's connecting with the crowd. His match is full of intensity, kind of that quick snap. Like, he, you can tell he's a guy in a blood feud, and, he, you know, he's fighting for his life here. And I think everything with the, this rivalry in turn has been working out so well for him, and he's really showing a lot of fire as a bay face. And I think it's time to give him, give him a little shot here, give him the never title. And give him a run with that belt. And again, that opens things up, like you mentioned, with the Jay White feud. And so, yeah, I mean, on, on a U.S. New Japan show, you could you could do Jay versus Tama for the Never title. Or maybe somehow it, it plays into Forbidden Door. Maybe Tama defends against one of the um, elite guys, maybe. Um, so there's a lot of different ways that you can go with that. Um, but I, I think it makes a lot of sense here for Tama to get the win. Yeah, and it honestly it opens up evil to do something else, so, right? And, and, and who knows what that is? But he he can always he wiggles his way into big situations, right? And he'll still be one third of the never six man champs, and he can maybe just focus on that and then keep evil tucked away in that six man division um, and allow the never title to kind of breathe and do some other stuff with it. I do get the sense that this is going to be a good match, though. I think Tamatonga is like a, a great foil for evil mm-hmm. um, because he's because like you said, like this babyface turn has been hot, right? People like him and have they they have liked him, especially since I think the G1 and, um, you know, the run in with Okada and all that. So I, I I know that some people typically avoid evil matches because they've been burned by them. <laughs> um, this one, it has the elements that you want as you're um, building a match against like a shithouse heel like evil. Right. So I think that um, I have some confidence that this match is going to be entertaining. Yeah. And this is, this is one where I really wish the fans could be vocal because yeah. the crowd they're they're so behind town Tonga right now. And I feel like we're going to get a lot of great near falls. I think we're, we're, we're going to get some gas. I think they're going to break the rules. I think we're, we're going to get some audible noise every time Tamatonga gets close to winning because that is one thing. They have done a great job of making evil so hateable. The crowd likes to see him lose and see their guys win, and the crowd right now is really 
behind Tama. So I think for every near fall, they're going to be excited and people are really going to want to see Tama beat evil here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So then that takes us to the seventh match on the card. The IWGP junior heavyweight title will be on the line. The champion El Desperado will defend against the bone soldier Taiji Ishimori. I love Taiji Ishimori, um, but I need something fresh from him. Like yeah. I think he's he has some of my favorite New Japan matches um, in the last you know whatever four or five years. Um, but I haven't seen any fire from him in a long time, um, except I guess maybe the Hiroma match at Wrestle Kingdom two years ago yeah that that match was great but that's like the last time i i the last memorable taiji ishimori match for me so i would love to have confidence that this is going to be another one but i he's not hot right now um so i hope they come out swinging um this is is seventh on the card seventh of nine that's a great slot for the junior heavyweight championship above the never right like mm-hmm. that's an interesting um an interesting thing at play here is that it's it is slotted higher than the never championship uh as we head towards best of the super juniors i think that that title's strong the junior heavyweight title is strong but um i'm hopeful for an el desperado win i want to see him carry the belt through best of the super juniors i want to see them set some stuff up for him through that tournament and i don't I don't care to see Ishimori carry the belt into that tournament. So, um, as like the, you know, when you carry a belt through that, through a tournament like that, you become the kind of the, the target. And that's an interesting story. And I think the, the story still lives with El Desperado. And I think he's going to be the winner here. Yeah. I think, like you mentioned, Ishimori's not hot right now. This, this whole feud has not really been hot because it, it was kind of built on this Golden Fight Series tour, which it seems like a lot of people kind of just blew off and weren't really watching. Um, Desperado is not really hot right now as a champion either. Um, he really hasn't had um, really anything super exciting going on so far in his first quarter of the year um, since Wrestle Kingdom. I, I feel like his matches have just kind of... I mean, they've been good, but I don't feel like they've been, as talked about, or super heated. Um, like some of his previous matches before he won the title. Um, so overall, this is kind of it's a very kind of cold program coming into this title match. Um, so I do expect Desperado to retain, like you mentioned. I think yeah, it makes a ton of sense, especially because I feel like they are trying to transition, you know, from Hiromi to Desperado as the guy to kind of carry a division and be the one to main event these tours and somebody else who can draw so it's not just Hiromu. Um, so I feel like with him as a champion, he needs to be champion going into that tour to kind of do that. And I just don't feel like it makes a ton of sense for Ishimori to, to be the champion right now. Especially, too, since they, they teased, you know, Francisco Akira kind of being in the mix as well. And he's going to be in Super Junior. So I, th- I think eventually, you know, we'll get a, Akira, probably Desperado. Sure. He'll probably uh, pin Despi in, in their block and they'll set up a title match down the line for them. So, uh, yeah, I think Despi needs to retain here. Yeah, here's hoping. So then following that, we have the semi-main event, which will be for the IWGP United States heavyweight title. The title is currently 
vacant as Sonata had to give the title up because of his orbital bone injury. So we have the ace, Hiroshi Tanahashi, facing the Commonwealth kingpin, Will Ospreay, for the vacant IWGP US title. I don't know who's going to win this, but it's probably going to rock. Um, Will Ospreay is truly, I think, at the top of his game right now. Everywhere he goes, he is putting in maximum effort. I mean, there were probably like 300 people in South Bend this weekend, and him and Blake Christian had like, you know, what what a lot of people are saying is a four and a half, four and three quarter match. Like, and then obviously most people who are listening to this probably saw the main event of Windy City Riot. Where both those dudes, Moxley and Osprey, put in maximum effort. Dude, I, I uh, love that match so it much. Awesome. If people, have, if you haven't seen it yet, like go watch it. Like the feed is fixed now. I think it'll be up on New Japan World suit too. Like people need to watch that match because I do think it's a legit match of the year contender. It's gonna be on a lot of lists. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's gonna be number one. Um, I it gets the live bump for me. I was just floored by it. I know people were. Uh, frustrated with the finish, but the finish actually uh, was good. I mean, like when you come when it comes down to Will Osprey's story, that's the perfect. That was the perfect finish, right? Well, it comes um, to the thing. Like if you're if you're not paying attention to what's happening in New Japan, like you know, you got Uncle Dave, you know, <laughs> on Observer Radio, like trying to debate whether it's the finish was a botch or if it was planned or like if you follow Osprey's story, like. Since he's come back at resurgence, the whole story is he keeps getting screwed from New Japan. They forced right. him to vacate the title with his neck injury. He only needed a month, but they still vacated it from him. Then he gets screwed in the Sabre match at New Japan Cup. And now he gets screwed again here at Windy City Riot in the Moxley match. So they're building this whole story up of Osprey against New Japan. And it, yeah, And if you watch it, again... Watch after the bell rings. He's tapping to the bulldog choke or whatever the whatever the hold was. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was per, it was actually perfectly executed, right? And yeah, I had to spend some time explaining it to my wife who was sitting next <laughs> to me. And I was like, okay, no, here here's why this is great, right? And so I get it, right? She's not an avid watcher. She really enjoyed the show, but um, so I understand, you know. But like that. Jeremy Marcus didn't botch that. Oh, like, no. That, like, and I know that that was out there that, like, oh, this ref or whatever. Like, no, the, he actually nailed it. Like, he did exactly what we what they needed to do. And then he ate a Death Rider, basically, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which, like, he, he sold it like a man, too. I mean, really, really great stuff. Um, so, Will Ospreay's at the top of his game. Max effort. I think you're going to get max effort Hiroshi Tanahashi here, too, which is still one of the best on the planet. So, this match has every you, it, this you have every reason to believe this might be the match of the night on this on this card. Um, plus, I mean, Osprey and Tanahashi's first match uh, back in the 2019 G1 was awesome. Yeah, that that match rocked. That match rocked. So there's a lot to be um, um, to be looking forward to in, in this match. So I'm 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 excited. I I think. Tanahashi wins this with another <laughs> disputed finish. Another disputed. Well, Osprey disputes the finish. Right. Yeah. Somehow, for some reason, right? And I don't. I don't know how you get there, but they're getting creative. Um, because honestly, that finish at the end of Windy City Riot was really. That's really creative. 
Um, so, I, and Osprey, like I said, he's really on top of his game. There's, I mean, wrestler of the year, right? Like when it comes to the in-ring stuff, there's yeah. no one even close, I don't think, right now. I think some guys are going to start to elevate and you'll see some big AEW stuff. But if you haven't watched Will Ospreay's singles matches pretty much everywhere he goes right now, you're missing out because he is he is really hitting his stride as a heavyweight. So there's a part of me that hopes he wins this. And then, you know, that sets up a whole nother path for him or for him and Moxley. Right. Because then Will would have the championship that New Japan let Moxley hold on to forever. Right. There's so many directions you can go. Um, but I do. I kind of think the story continues. Will eats another loss, but it's contested. And he, it'll be another way where like, it's like, well, he's kind of got a good point, but he also would have lost. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of my take here that it's going to be a great match. I think my end prediction's got to be that Tanahashi's going to end up winning it, but, um, dang, this is going to, I, I, I think this is going to rock. Yeah. I think it's going to be, I'm also, we've got a cloud on Naito main event, but I think this could, could steal the show. Like you mentioned, the G1 matchup 2019 was awesome. And, yeah, both these guys are going to go out here and kill it. But, yeah, it's so there's so many options that can go here. Like, it makes sense for Tanahashi to win. makes sense for Osprey to win. Like you mentioned, do some kind of finish where, you know, Osprey can dispute it. Uh, I think the big thing that I'm thinking about as I'm thinking of who's going to win is, you know, we had Moxley at the end of Windy City Riot calling out. Tanahashi for Capital Collision in Washington, D.C. Uh, next month in May. And so that match, is, as of this recording, has not been made official yet, but we know, like you mentioned, Moxley has been very involved around the U.S. title. We remember last year, it seemed like we were going to get Tanahashi and Moxley at resurgence for the U.S. title, but then Archer beat Moxley for the U.S. title, and we got Archer and Tanahashi instead. And you know, it's been this whole story of, Tanahashi, quote unquote, ducking Moxley. Um, so yeah, if Tanahashi wins, then you could do Capital Collision. You could do Tanahashi versus Mox for the U.S. title. Um, huge matchup, and then Mox get the title back, and maybe then you do Moxley defending the U.S. title against Osprey, mm-hmm. um, or you know Osprey wins here, and then Tanahashi and Moxley kind of becomes a de facto number one contender match for the U.S. title. Then the winner of that faces. Osprey at Forbidden Door, wherever they'll face him. Um, so yeah, there's so many options here, but I, I'm I'm gonna go with the ace. Uh, you ne- you never count against the ace. I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with Tanahashi here, and I, I agree with you. I think we'll continue that continuation of the story going on. That we'll get some kind of maybe you have where they it's like a double cradle, but the ref is only looking at oh. Osprey's shoulders and doesn't really see Tanahashi's shoulders are down and. Uh, the old Sonata Zack Sabre Jr. <laughs> yeah, and, and kind of award it to Tanahashi. Except, yeah, exactly right. So the ref, it, uh, yeah, yeah, that could work. Something like that could work. Yeah, yeah. Or they're both tapping, or you know, it could be anything, right? Right. Yeah. Gosh, this this it's gonna be fun because there's because it's a this is pro wrestling, right? There's like mm. wacky stuff happening, and it, Will Osprey he really does have this like character down to a science now, right? Right now, this whole New Japan keeps screwing me. I mean, he's gonna run this for years now. Yeah, and it's it's great. Um, so far, it's great. It, it might get a little 
long in the tooth at some point, but right now it's still good. Right. Well, I mean, he, he can't keep losing. I mean, at, at some point, right. he's, he's going to have to win or maybe he, he gets like his own, like, you know, an empire referee at some point. And oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's, yes. there's a lot to tell here with this whole New Japan's against Osprey story. Uh, but yeah, I love here. We have a title match, very unpredictable. Like we're guaranteed a new champion, uh, either way and, and go either way. And so there's so many options that they can do here. And then it also builds the things to come with capital collision and forbidden door. There's so much exciting stuff to, to come from this match, but, uh, I'm going to go with Ace cause didn't, didn't Osprey, uh, beat Tanahashi in that G1 match. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Tana's got to get that win back <laughs> three years on. You got to yeah. get your win back. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that, that'll be a fun matchup. And then uh, the main event here for the IWGP World Heavyweight title, the champion Kazuchika Okada will defend against Tetsuya Naito. Uh, we've seen this match a couple times in recent history, right? But it's still... Tana, or Sorry, it's still Okada and Naito. Like, it's still two of the best in the game in a generational rivalry in a dome now. Right. So I think this will be obviously the, the um, climax of this run of these two matches. Um, I do think there's a chance Naito walks out as the champion. I don't, I don't think, I think it's more likely now than it was their last title match. So that's good. We have that going for us, but I think ultimately I think Okada's gonna retain, but I I'm not ruling out Naito like I would have earlier in the year. So just because I don't think you wanna make him into a geek, you know? Right, yeah. But Okada wins their title matches and Naito wins their tournament matches. Like that's the history with these guys. And that's kind of a broad it's not exclusively that way. Um but just if you're going by majorities, that's how this goes. So it would be an upset if Naito won, but I I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't mind a little run from Naito. Naito's a candidate to win the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship because he's now he's lost a world championship match. <laughs> Everyone loses their first IWGP World Heavyweight Championship match except for Will Ospreay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think, I agree with you, I think there's a, a good chance here that Naito could win, shake them things up going into uh, Dominion and, and G1 and giving him a run. You know, it's the 50th anniversary, and so obviously a lot of that's been built around Okada, but you can definitely build the second half of the year around Naito easily uh, if you want to. Uh, but I don't know, I still have this feeling like they're just going to go with Okada all year. I, I can easily see Okada walking into to Wrestle Kingdom as a champion after having a, a long title reign. Um, so I, I think I'm going to go with Okada here. Uh, again, I wouldn't be surprised if Naito wins, but I just feel like, especially with all the, the AEW stuff going on, I think having him as a champ, as like the main guy representing New Japan, I think that makes a, a ton of sense, and I could see him defending the IWGP title on that Forbidden Door show. Right, but you could also just do a big ass match with Okada without the title. That that's true. I mean, you you could do Okada Punk doesn't need a belt, especially no titles if main you, event. Yeah, if no Punk, doubt. If Punk needs to win, and you don't want to beat uh, Okada with the belt. You can have right. non title. Yeah, Punk 
can, can be and, and Naito in America would be a big it will be a big deal I assume he'll be here for for that show so um yeah he's made he doesn't come over very frequently right he, he, I saw him make comments earlier I think it was Sports Illustrated where he's like you know a lot of people are going to be clamoring to face Lij and Naito he's like I'm just yeah. wait, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm just waiting for the line to kind of form so uh, I think he'll definitely be on Forbidden Door. Um, there's a lot of options there for him to face. Um, people throwing out, you know, Andrade. Uh, people people want to see him against oh, Orange Cassidy, uh, both Tranquilo guys. So there's, there's a lot of op- fun options for Naito. Yeah. Yeah, and like Naito as champion, maybe you don't get as big of a Okada versus Punk level match, right? Because I don't know that there's something that's that level, but... I don't know. Naito's still a guy, right? I mean, you could do an, yeah, a Naito Andrade title match. I think that's that's a big match. You know, that sounds fun. Yeah, yeah and that's right. It's a match but Naito you, can win. Exactly. Right. So I was thinking like, yeah, like not even with Naito, but now that you brought up Andrade, I I threw it out there with a, in a different conversation. Like, I want to see like Andrade versus like Goto or something, just like an undercard. <laughs> 12 minute like go out and have a G1 style sprint kind of match. That'd but be fun. That that yeah. I honestly just a card of that like a like an old school 10 singles match kind of like early 2010s G1 style card but company versus company that'd be cool too. I don't need the titles. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's what's <laughs> going to happen but um dang that'd be fun. Yeah. So are you going? Nitro? I got. I think I got to stick with Okada as my as my prediction, but I I have to throw the like caveat that I think there's it's a non-zero chance that Naito wins. Yeah. So yeah, that kind of answers uh Dom Homie's question here about the the possibility of Naito walking out as a champ. I think there's a chance, but I don't know. Still, it's, it's hard to pull it off of Okada. Yeah. Right now, Okada's also at the top of his game right so, and again they're, they're trying to recoup from losses from the pandemic okada's the, the top star the top draw you, you need you know they had their most financial you know successful year of him as a champ that super long title reign uh, why not run it back and you know try and regain some profits here yeah and i'm another thing i'll be keeping an eye on with this particular show is is what is the draw right i don't think they're going to fill this dome um, I don't know if they're allowed to. I don't know what the limitations are, but um, I'm. We, we are seeing anytime I watch a pro wrestling show happening from Japan, I feel like there's more people in each building, right? Mm-hmm. Dragon Gate, Noah. Well, Noah's having a tough time. Um, Dragon Gate, Stardom, uh, Stardom, New Japan. Like a lot of these companies are starting to see lifts in their in their draw and this is a this will be another litmus test for new japan as to where their drawing power is in in japan so um i i would love to you know kind of see more sections filled in this in this in the pay pay dome yeah because i hope it's not a grand slam situation where you have uh you know an empty tokyo dome and the matches got really hurt by the the Obviously, the crowd can't cheer. Then you have a little crowd there. That's and all the lights on. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Hopefully, get as many people in there as possible. People are ready to, to clap their hearts out, and we just have a really fun show. 
that's a good card. So it should be a fun show. What is it? Sunday morning? Yep. Sunday morning, 4 a.m. Eastern start time. Um, Let's go. 3 a.m. my time. I'll be up. Yeah, I think I'm going to get up live for this one. Yeah. All right. <laughs> that's my boy. I'm always so proud of you when you say you're going to get up live. Uh, you know, it's it's just so much easier sometimes because you, you kind of like get it out the way and then you have. You're done. Right. You've watched it. Right. Yeah. I don't have to, and you don't uh, avoid, have to avoid spoiling. anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. That so that's it for me. Like that's why I watch live is because like I'm, I hate, I disappoint myself when I get spoiled. Right. And I don't want to do that and feel like it's my fault because it's it is it's my fault if I get spoiled. It's because I opened the dumb Twitter app and someone posted something. It makes me so mad. So I just yeah. get up and I mean I'm up. I work in an industry where I have to be up early anyway, so it's not that different. Um. So three a.m. still like the worst time but yeah so be it i'm stoked for it this will be a good show yeah, this 4 is a show not, worth getting up for yeah 4 a.m not too bad for me and it should be done in time for me to go to church so yeah so, yeah so. yeah perfect time for you yeah. to you get out and do your stuff so yeah yeah love a sunday morning show though yeah should be fun mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah let's do it we'll do it live <laughs> we'll do it live pal <laughs> So now let's talk about uh, New Japan Strong real quick. So New Japan Strong resumed this uh, past Saturday with the Strong Style Evolve Tour that took place right here in uh, St. Petersburg slash Tampa, Florida. Uh, in the Social Suplex crew, we were there live, and once again, we were all in the background of this show. Um, so show opened up. We had uh, Big Demo making his New Japan debut defeating John Schuyler, uh seven minutes and four seconds. Uh, interesting thing here, John Schuyler was uh, talking a little bit of crap to my my fiance on, on the way down to the ring, and you can see me kind of get up and, you know, go at him. I was ready to, you know, throw down with that man, but luckily he, you know, walked off, walked to the ring. John was so kind while we ate hot dogs <laughs> together. Oh, <laughs> uh, man, but he was, he was just, you know, playing his role here on this show. Um Thought it was a fine opener. Uh, really nothing special here. Um, I know Damo will be back. He'll be facing Ishii on a coming uh, strong taping. Uh, but, I mean, fine matchup here. Uh, I wasn't really overly impressed with either of these guys in this matchup. Yeah, it was a match. Um, good, right? Like, the wrestling on strong is always good. Yeah. So, solid. Good, solid, healthy pro wrestling match. Nothing, like, blow away. Nothing, no one's trying to die in a seven-minute New Japan Strong undercard match, but <laughs> right. it was good. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was good. It was well-wrestled. Yeah. Then after that, uh, we had an uh, acquaintance of mine, uh, Swerve Strickland, defeating Blake Christian at 11 minutes, 27 seconds. So uh, Swerve, second uh, New Japan appearance here after the Jay White Open Challenge. Blake Christian's been all over the show uh, during the pandemic and afterwards, and so... I really enjoy this match. This is one of the best matches live. Uh, these guys went out here. Uh, great, just innovative offense, high-flying, high pace. Um, crowd was really into Swerve. Obviously big, you know, whose house, Swerve's house, Chance. Um, Swerve's theme, is, his new theme is awesome. Uh, so, yeah, ton of energy in this uh, matchup here and really enjoyed it. Yeah, this is great. I mean, these two guys can go. Blake Christian is really coming up here, and I, I think I kind of mentioned that when I uh, referenced the the Osprey match from Warrior Wrestling. But he's he's got something. He's putting something together here, so he looks really good. And Swerve, obviously, you know he he's on the come up too. So really, really, really solid between these guys. Yeah, Blake Christian's a guy I would love to see get a shot in Super Juniors. 
Mm-hmm. Would yeah. be cool. Yeah. I don't. I haven't heard anything. I kind of had a tone there, but um, <laughs> yeah. it that would be. I mean, I don't know if he's trying to play the junior card. He's kind of in that in between right. size. I say yeah. I'll, I'll do get it under your belt, and then yeah. you could always go heavyweight afterwards. Yeah. yeah, man, that'd be fun. That'd yeah. be really fun. Yeah. Uh, then the main event we had AW's Buddy Matthews representing the House of Black defeating Young Lion. I guess well, one Young, young Lion on excursion. Yuya Yomura, nine minutes and fifty seconds. I'm gonna root for Yuya every time, and I know he's not gonna win many, but um, I love him getting in there with pros, right? Like, mm-hmm. Buddy Matthews is a pro, and we saw that. We've seen that quite a bit. Uh, anytime he's appeared with with New Japan, like the Okada match and things like that, so he's um, he's a really really good wrestler. Yuya is my he's my locker room favorite to be the next ace. Um, so all these matches are meaningful for me to, to keep an eye on. And, and, you know, this one was no different. Um, you know, I'd like to see a little bit more advancement as, as we get further into Yuamura's time in, um, in the U S but didn't, didn't expect him to win, but uh, still again, a solid, 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 solid match. Um, you know, good two pros. Yeah, enjoy this one a lot. Um, thought it was a good guy for you and more to kind of mix it up with. And, you know, Buddy, Buddy didn't do a ton of high-flying or kind of high-paced offense that you probably would expect in this match. Obviously, being a heel now with House of Black, more kind of grinding you more down and cutting him off, and you more had to fight from underneath and fight back and get that young line fire and make, make a good comeback. But also, you kind of overwhelmed here by uh, Buddy Matthews and, it seems like uh, Matthews is kind of targeting um, the LA Dojo guys because um, he did wrestle uh, Ren Rita, I believe, on the last mm-hmm. set of tapings and and uh, at a what tapings was that? I forget now, but Seattle. Yeah, I think it was Seattle. It was Seattle. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, so he's kind of going after the young lions. It seems like or the LA Dojo guys. So maybe he's going to be continuing to feed with the the LA Dojo boys. So that'll be fun. It's interesting to see how they're going to continue to use. Guys like Buddy Matthews who have this kind of new gimmick in AEW, the whole House of Black thing, and how that kind of pours over into New Japan Strong. Mm-hmm. So then we have the lineup for this coming Saturday, uh, April 30th, for Strong Style Evolved. Got a main event of the newly turned heel, Jay Lethal, taking on Ren Narita. This one was a banger. It's going to be a fun match. Then uh, Mascot Arata takes on TJP, the big uh, Cruiserweight Classic rematch. That was <laughs> yeah. a, uh, another fun matchup as well. And then the show will open up with Kevin Knight versus the DKC. So the, the LA Dojo Young Lions continuing their rivalry. I love Kevin Knight. Yeah. He's fun to watch. Yeah, he's really fun. He's He's picking up. Real fast, and his drop kicks are just so high, so so high. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. And He's I, good. I love that like standing frog splash thing he does. Get again, just jumps up so high. Like, dude, got yeah, got this guy. Probably not this year, but him in a super in a best of super juniors, even as a young lion, that would be fun. Yeah, he could have he could have a run where he gets his he gets a spot or two in every match. Yeah. And we had a question here from Fit Beautiful two six three eight. 
What grade would you give Rocky slash NJPW as talent scouts for Strong, Kozlov, Cross, Damo? Black Tiger seemed like big misses, although Dorado was a nice add, Dickinson is a natural fit, Jonah is a perfect monster, and Rosser was a great diamond in the rough. Listen, this is a show that didn't and wouldn't exist if it weren't for the pandemic. I don't I don't think. I don't think this is something that would have come to fruition in the way that it has. So with that said, through adversity, they've put together a meaningful New Japan show, a meaningful weekly New Japan show that happens in America and gives a reason for people to go to these tapings monthly, give or take. So with that said, to for this to really kind of come out of the ashes of what looked like, uh, you know, the death of new Japan of America, when it comes down to, um, you know, the pandemic getting in the way of stuff, like how can you give it anything, but, you know, you know, an A, right. If you're mm-hmm. grading it, like I, not everyone's for everyone, um, you know, and you know, this person lays out some people that they don't necessarily enjoy, but overall, if you're looking at it as, a, you know, a business mover, developmental, um, you know, something that can be broadcast both in the U.S. and internationally and in Japan, right, to establish characters, right, like guys like Clark Connors would have been just completely lost without this show. Yeah. And not being able to get to Japan. Like, yeah, they, maybe they'd still be under contract or maybe they would have had to, I don't know, somehow move to Japan in the middle of a pandemic. But this gate, like Clark Connors, I mean stars have been born out of this show i mean look at jr kratos team filthy tom lawler like all of those guys and then you've got the young lions that have then since graduated Coglin and connors and even frederick's kind of coming back into the fold here and, and being really important giving jay white somewhere to um wrestle some of these either independent or aew guys like there's so much and and then not to mention chris dickinson right who mm-hmm. now has said he's signed with new japan and new japan's his priority which is a great pickup and a great get i mean and a guy that i would i cannot wait to see appear in in japan and now you're running essentially quarterly pay-per-views that people purchase and you make a little bit of money on and you you sell 2200 tickets in chicago for a show that's really meaningful for both new japan proper as well as new japan strong going forward like I don't know. I can't speak higher of, of the show and, and maybe not everything's a hit, but um, gosh, it gets people back into the system. And, and God, if you, if you make the list of all the people that new Japan essentially has access to or a relationship with now, this roster is stacked, primed and loaded to just kill it going forward. And a lot of those guys came and, and started their relationship because of strong. And with that, I have to say, you know, New Japan and Rocky and whoever else has been involved in bringing in talent has done an incredible job in a really, really competitive uh, space. So I, I can't speak higher of it. And I have no reason to to speak highly of it besides the fact that I am a fan. Yeah, I mean, we've been singing the praises of New Japan Strong. And I think Rocky and The Office there have done a great job in finding and cultivating talent like you mentioned so many of the guys kind of breaking through you know filthy tom and chris dickinson brody king a lot of those guys really uh breaking through on strong during the pandemic and since then they've been bringing in top indie names and talents like we just mentioned we talked about swerve and blake christian and buddy matthews and 
uh, Fallen Angel Christopher Daniels and uh, Mysterioso. Like, there's been so many really talented guys. Uh, TJP, a lot of really great, great wrestlers coming in on the show and having a really, really good professional wrestling matchups and um, strong. It's one of the best hours of pro wrestling out there, and that is because of the well-rounded roster that uh, they've created and established. Yeah, not to mention bringing in someone like Ian Riccoboni, right, to do commentary now that you, know, you kind of needed someone else at that level to to push the product up when someone like Kevin Kelly's not available. So that's a cool get too. So um, they it seems like a show that really has its finger on the pulse of um, what's possible and who's out there and who's available. And listen, people want to wrestle in that blue ring, right? Yep. That's cerulean blue. Cerulean people blue, want, yeah. People want to wrestle in it. I think a lot of them would prefer it happen in Japan and, but maybe this is that stepping stone for a lot of them. And I, we've already kind of, I've already kind of given that list. So, I mean, people want to, people want to wrestle on top of that line, Mark, right? That, that USA line Mark on that Windy City Riot show, that looked pretty good. Yeah. That, that, that was pretty, pretty good. Dope. Yeah. That was a good looking ring. <laughs> uh, Dom Hoy 101 asks, what's the end game for this Jay White open challenge? I got to figure they're going to do one like one last open challenge on one of the big shows, right? One of the pay-per-views mm-hmm. that is an actual shock and Jay actually doesn't win or you know what may or maybe maybe he still wins, but um I think that's the end game. Maybe it's someone like Tamatanga. Right, yeah. Right? So, I would keep an eye on those pay-per-view level shows though for that because you're not going to want to do it on a do something big like that on a taped show right and also the whole purpose of this i think jy challenge was also to give him something to do while he's waiting to get his u.s citizenship until he can go back to japan so he's a big star you need to do something with him so jy challenge has been great it's been very interesting he's been having a lot of fresh fun matchups during this open challenge and so i think it'll keep going until they get some kind of confirmation that he can return to japan then like you mentioned you do the big kind of blow off or somebody finally beats him and then that leads to wherever whatever story from there yeah right it leads to the exit of the open challenge right right and now maybe he, now he's involved right and then maybe he eventually kind of is less on strong and more back in japan once he can go over there yeah uh he also asks, how does the new japan strong roster fit in with the regular new japan roster I mean, I kind of laid it out in my last in my praise of strong, but I mean, add any of these guys to any of the tournaments or any of the tours, and all of a sudden you've got all sorts of fresh matchups or just different guys on the undercard. There's there's a there's a lot there's a lot right. So right, whether it's Super Juniors or G1 or God, even even think of a, the New Japan Cup if they had actually done if they had if they were able to get some of these guys over, you could have actually done a 64 person field, right? Like, mm-hmm. and actually just have all those matches. I mean, there's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of really good wrestlers that are um, available to new Japan. Um, and I, they are working really hard to get a lot of those guys over to Japan, um, you know, with purpose. So I think, 
resurgence may have just been a show last August, but the resurgence of it, New Japan as an international company, I think you're going to start to see it come to fruition here. Maybe with Best of Super Juniors, I'm really hopeful that that field is really interesting mm-hmm. um, with some of these strong guys. And you know, again, it's just it's a place to cultivate uh, relationships both between the wrestlers and New Japan as well as the wrestlers and the fan base. Yeah, and obviously there's a lot of emphasis on the door between AW and New Japan, but I think there's obviously big benefits from the door between New Japan Strong and New Japan Proper. And I think right now we're, we're already seeing New Japan Proper guys come to Strong, and now we're going to see the opposite way. We're going to see more guys from Strong going to Japan. I think as travel gets easier, we're going to see this back and forth. You're going to see Ishii on Strong. You're going to see Filthy Tom on road to whatever their show they're doing. Like you're going to see these guys going back and forth. And I think we're going to see more continuity on what's happening Mm -hmm. in both brands. So, you know, initially strong was kind of in its own little universe, but the more the world has opened up and we're getting Ishis and Suzuki's and Tanahashi's and Osprey's on strong. A lot of what's happening in Japan is spilling over on strong and once the strong guys can get to Japan, I think we'll see, you know, we'll see that go the other way. We'll see strong storylines spill in Japan. You'll see Team Filthy having some kind of big emphasis in Japan. You know, maybe you have like J.R. Cradles versus Ask Coughlin. It happens in Japan. Um, like you, you can do stuff like that. I really just want to hear Tom Waller's slimy ass theme song <laughs> on a on a new, on a dun, dun, proper dun, New Japan dun. show. <laughs> Oh man! There's no other way to describe it. It's the slimiest <laughs> song I've ever heard. I love it. I love everything about the it. The best is when he's like singing it too on the way down <laughs> <Yes>. the ring. <laughs> oh man, uh, it's awesome. All right, well let's uh, jump into some quick uh, news items here. Uh, so first thing on Sunday, June 19th, Strong will return to Vermont Hollywood with the Ignition Tour. Names currently announced: Jay White, Hikaleo, Tom Lawler, and Mascara Dorada. More names to be announced for that. Then uh, New Japan president, Takami Obari, here in the news, he saved a little girl at a train station. So he tweeted this, that I just returned to Japan. I'm on my way home by train. A few minutes ago, a girl who could barely stand fell between the train and the platform. She was lying on the platform, and with the help of her mother, we managed to pull her up. Her little face could barely fit through the gap. Since I retired from volleyball, my height has never been so useful my heart is still racing. So first we got Ocon uh, making you know a save, and now we have uh, Obari here. You think Obari save. just like got some ideas with the the Ocon story, and he was like, "I gotta save a girl." <laughs> How do I one up Ocon? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean that's cool. Good. Hey, listen, good people, good people working in the New Japan offices. Yeah, um, that's been my experience. So. He seems like a good dude. Yeah. Say, he very easily could have just walked away. So, but apparently he's a tall man. He is a tall man. Um, he's a tall man, and uh, hey, that's awesome. Also terrifying. Oh yeah. Think like that's the scariest thing I've ever heard. Like imagine being trapped in a by a train track. That's terrible. And yeah, not knowing if you're going to be able to get out or not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not not here for that. That's yeah. not cool. Yeah. So good on him for saving maybe my worst fear. Um, that little girl from my, might be my worst fear. Yeah. So, yeah. 
I mean, but I mean, how weird that two things like that happened. Right. Like um, so close together. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe it's a work. I don't know. I still like it. <laughs> a, a PR work. Oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, Obar's trying to get out there publicly. He, yeah, he is. Very clear. Yeah. Yep. He's trying to, he might be turning into Tony Khan here. Yeah. He's got a lot to say. <laughs> uh, we have the results here from the uh, Cork and Hall 60th anniversary show that was a joint show with New Japan and All Japan. It drew a sellout of uh, 1588 paid. Um, as we know, we're getting more and more people allowed in Corgan Hall. Uh, we had uh, Fujita of New Japan beating Roya Inoue of All Japan, both uh, young lines there. Then we had Yoshitatsu teaming up with Taguchi and Wato to beat uh, Takeo Omori and Nakashima and Oiwa. Then we had Yano and Yoshinobu uh, Yano Taiji Tajiri and Yoshinobu Kanamaru and Black Minizero. Min- not sure if I'm saying that correctly. Um, they took on, uh, or what's the three way? Totally confused here. Uh, yep, yeah, sorry, this was a three way. Yano, or was it a tag match? I totally can't read my notes here. <laughs> uh, looks like it was Yano and Tajiri. Beating Kanamaru and Black Minosiri. There we go. Uh, 10 minutes and 12 seconds. Then we had Naito, Shingo, and Hiromu and Bushi of LIJ beating Makabe, Hanma, Aoyagi, both Aoyagis of All Japan. Then we have Hiroki Goto, Yoshihashi, and Yo beating Suwama, Ashino, Dan Tamura. And then the main event, we had Tanahashi and Kento Miyahara. Of New Japan, All Japan, going to a 30-minute draw with Taichi and Jake Lee. So, also, we still don't have any tape on that yet, but sounds like it was a fun show. I may have just found the tape on that, actually. Oh, as nice. you were As you were talking about it, I was like, I wonder if this has popped up anywhere. Seems like it has, um, so it's out there. Um, y'all can find it on your own. <laughs> Uh, update on uh, Kota Ibushi so that he considers himself at between 70 and 85%. That his right side tires quicker and hurts more than the left side. He said when he gets his strength back on the right side and gets his balance fully back, he'll be ready to make his comeback. So it's kind of interesting considering he was slated for Potentially winning the New Japan Cup, and he. I mean, <laughs> I, that's what. Uh, yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, he, I, I wish, I kind of wish things would just be quiet with Ibushi, and he would pop up in, in either Forbidden Door or get announced for the G One, or you know. Yeah. I don't know. This like giving me like percentages of growth. It's kind of like, like video gaming himself. It's, into it's, like, total, it's totally a bushy thing to like, I, exactly <laughs> to be like, Oh, I'm exactly. at, I am at 75%. I'm at today. 78.6% today. <laughs> like he's like, got it down to some like weird science. Oh, totally. Him and his what? 26 hour, 25 hour. Oh, it's 25 hour day, day yeah. that he lives. <laughs> and he's going to live to be what? A hundred and 200. 200 something? <laughs> yeah. And keep wrestling. Yeah. Totally. I, yeah. Listen, I hope he does. Oh yeah. But you know, I mean, time, time is undefeated. I mean, if Sting can do cross bodies off of stuff, like imagine That's what, what an old Ibushi is going to be able to do. Damn. 
Yeah, that's a good point. I fear I fear for that. Yeah. Actually. Like I'm not excited for it. I'm actually scared. Uh other news we got uh Bishimon go to Yoshihashi. They're next up for the online meet and greet that's coming on May 10th. Uh got an interview up on njpw1972.com with Furihoi Oiwa talking about uh his journey as a young lion. We got uh Kingston, Eddie Kingston and Ishii official for Capital Collision. The Monday free match of the week, Antonio Noki versus the Great Muta. And then on May 6th, Taka Taichi Mania returns at Corrigan Hall. So we got Suzuki Gun and NJPW roster members joining Tap Out and other independent stars for a fun and wild card. And that will be a pay per view on NJPW World. Uh, then we got some other questions here, and then we can get ready to close the show out. Uh, so here from uh, Wolf Rattle it says, with rumors of two major stars returning to the company, does the panel have a former star that they'd like to see return? And I'm guessing he's alluding to potentially Kushida and Finn Balor returning. Oh, Finn! I was like, who's the second one? Yeah, that's out there. I guess as a rumor. Um, a former star they'd like to see. I would like to see. I'd like to see one last run from AJ. Mm. I think that'd be cool. Um, not Bullet Club related, right? Just come over as AJ and and have a have a run. I don't think it'll happen. I think he's gonna retire with WWE. Um, but yeah, that would be that would be you know Finn. I think actually is probably my actual choice. But he's kind of already. People are already spitting rumors. I don't. I. I honestly don't think that's happening either. I think that he's made a life in in the U.S. and, um. But you know, artists want to make art, right? So yeah. he he may that may come into play here. So, um, would love 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 to see him return and just like put the Bullet Club stuff to rest or just take ownership of it all. Like that, the timing couldn't be better if that were going to be the case. Right, and also yeah, we don't know his contract status, but he has yeah. been eating a ton of losses on TV right now. It wasn't even booked for WrestleMania. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Finn Balor, I mean, he was such, on such a hot run when he was mm-hmm. leaving New Japan. Like He was getting in that heavyweight division, having that feud with Tanahashi, getting uh, heavyweight title matches still as a junior. He wasn't really up as a heavyweight, technically. He was still a junior, getting title shots, being in the G1, so... Now as a full on, you know, big WWE star, like I can only imagine the kind of push he would get in New Japan if he came back, and it, he would definitely be a heavyweight, and it'd be yeah. a ton of fun. That would be really fun, especially if it happened kind of soon with all this Bullet Club mumbo jumbo as the, you know, the originator, right? Right. Or like, gosh, you, like you mentioned, Jay White Open Challenge. You know, Jay has been calling himself oh. the last rock and roller. So what if you had, you know, the real rock and roller, Prince Devitt, come out and answer that US of J Open challenge? Man. I don't think it'll happen, but man, that'd be fun. Yeah, that would be like that would be very fun. <laughs> There's a lot to like about that, Jeremy. I know. I'm gonna throw it out there in the universe. Put it in the universe. Let, let's see what happens. I the thing that tips me off that nothing's happening here is that Finn posted that picture with like the bullet club in the background, like Right, I mean, it was it was fan art that he was sharing. Um, yeah, but he like saved it and shared it on his own. It wasn't like a retweet. Right, like he, true. He, yeah, 
um it was cool it was very cool fan art yeah um but that kind of tips me off that it's not happening yeah i don't know be sweet though yeah big pop big pop for me <laughs> if that happened uh, Les Commission 7252 says If Fred Rosser doesn't beat Tom Mahler For the New Japan Strong Championship Should mini G1 Climax on Strong Happen weekly on Strong Where the winner should get a shot at Lawler At the end of the year Lawler can be eligible in the tournament But it would make things interesting On having the true winner of the tournament Be the one to finally dethrone Lawler The American G1 Is like fetch In Mean Girls <laughs> Y'all need to stop trying to make it happen. <laughs> that, that, that is true. Uh, people. Single elimination, something or other. New, you know, New Japan Cup USA. That all makes sense. You, you cannot run around Robin tournament with monthly tapings. Yeah, it's a hot mess. Because what if somebody gets hurt outside of tapings it? and then they can't. You can't have guys wrestle three times in a in a night. I mean, I guess you could, but you're not going to. Not in this climate. Right. Like, it's, it, I'm sorry, but it's not happening. Yeah. I mean, G1 I, USA is not a thing. Yeah. Uh, they're, not they're, yet. I mean, and there's so many guys on Strong who have not challenged Lawler yet. Uh, it's. I think you keep doing the come out and challenge method until you finally find the guy to beat Tom. But I do think that Fred Rosser is going to be the guy. I mean, this is going to be his, what, third tile shot. Um, I mean, if he loses, kind of talk about, we talk about like with Naito and Yo, like super geek status, like you get beat three times in a row by Lawler. Like I think Rosser has to be the one to beat Lawler whenever that's going to happen. Um, and I think Ross has earned it. He's worked super hard. He's really adapted to the New Japan style. Um, and there's been a great story of him and Philly Tom. You know, they won the match of the year on strong. The fan voted poll two years in a row now. Uh, so, yeah, I think it makes all the sense to have him be the one to beat Tom. Yeah. I And I, but isn't the stip if he loses now, he doesn't get the challenge again? Well, nothing. I think that's what they're talking about, right? Nothing's official yeah. yet, but I think it'll be one of those, yeah, kind of like last ditch. Yeah, if you lose, you can never challenge for a strong title again, kind of thing. Yeah, which is kind of, to me, a little bit of a tell that he's probably gonna win, right? Which is cool. Yeah. Also, that's after New Japan is done with Capital Collision next month in May. Should the best of their Japanese talent, like Ishii and Suzuki, and the best of the foreign talent, like Osprey and Cobb in Japan. For the G1 in July, just in case anything happens with travel issues. Are Ishii and Suzuki the best? Of the... Never mind. <laughs> um, I I think they've got a lot of the travel stuff sorted. Um, so the I think I think those guys are gonna be in. I think Ishii, Osprey, Cobb are gonna be in the G1. I don't know if we're gonna see another G1 from Suzuki. Um, I I. I think Suzuki's in a good place where he's doing um, his greatest hits tour. That's going to go on forever. Kind of like kisses farewell tour that I think <laughs> is still happening. Yeah. Like, and, and it's every now and then Suzuki's going to pop up and have one of those awesome Suzuki matches. Right. And sometimes he's just going to have chop battles, which is also really fun. I've never had more fun watching a pro wrestling match live than I did watching Ishii and Suzuki. And it was followed up by a legitimate match of the year contender, but I still had more fun watching Ishii and Suzuki. 
Yeah, that Ishii Suzuki match was awesome. It, I mean, it was what you expect from those two guys, and they absolutely killed it. It was the perfect version of their match, which yeah. is really cool to be in the room for. Yeah. Um, and I mean the the sounds are so <laughs> different from inside the building. Um, but I yeah, I know you guys already kind of dissected that, but it was awesome. But like, so I don't I don't know that you're gonna see. I don't I don't think there's gonna be travel issues. You know, I mean, I think anyone who's got a visa issue, we already know about that. I think they've got probably an ideal lineup and then some backups to, you know, to work things out for the G1. I think the math adds up that you're probably going to see 11 people in each block, 10 matches. Um, But there's like we've already kind of talked about, there's so much talent that they have access to. And I know they've been working on getting people back in Japan in various capacities for a long time. So there, and, and we even see with like Noah right now, like um, Noah brought in something like 11 outsiders or 11 foreigners over the last like two weeks. And they've all shown up and they're there for X amount of time. Like they, they've been able to sort that stuff out and new Japan is, is equally capable of making that happen. So um, you're going to see guys start to fly over oceans with ease again and so i don't i don't think you necessarily need like us to stock up the the backups um so anyone that you you want into the tournament i think they there's a way to figure it out aside from maybe a situation like jay white's right yeah so yeah that that should be fun though g1 with all those guys coming over should be awesome i mean super juniors will be our true answer like of yeah what, what the situation is looking like if like Mascara Dorada and TJP, they start if guys Chris like that Bay, start showing up, yeah, yeah, you know the doors are are starting to open up. Yeah. Uh, any opinions on Elon Musk buying Twitter? What kind of changes do you think will happen? I spend very little time thinking about Twitter, so um, I have no I have no opinion except that a rich guy bought a rich guy thing. Yeah, I mean, to me, I honestly I haven't really. Pay too much attention to the story. Gonna keep using Twitter until it gets to a point. Maybe I don't want to use it, and we jump on to the next thing. So, yeah, yeah, I'll keep using Twitter in the same capacity I use it, which is uh, my my Twitter rule. Which I don't know if I've ever said this publicly. It's um, only state facts. <laughs> yeah. No, no opinions. <laughs> no opinions on Twitter. Everyone else has one. I don't. I don't. You don't need mine. So facts only. Never an opinion. Maybe a little breadcrumb. You know, a little Chicago a, a, a little, style a little gift. fan logo, <laughs> a little gif in the DMs. Twitter's great for DMs. Yeah. Um, never an opinion and rarely a reply. Just drop what you need to say. Get out there. Get the hell out. Call it a day. Turn yeah. the turn the app off. Don't even have the app. Go in with the web app. It's great. It's a great life. <laughs> Drop a picture of the United Center randomly. Totally random. <laughs> didn't know anything about it. Nope. Didn't have the date right. I didn't have the date right. Nope. Not me. Uh, Reddit user WizFactor says, I keep hearing you guys talk about Fight TV's business model and whether they will be around long term. I'd like to learn more, but I can't find any tweet or podcast talking about how Fight makes money. Can you guys point me in the right direction? Um, I mean, I don't have any specifics on their business model and how they're the numbers they're doing or how they're making money. Uh, I, th- I think the observers had some stuff on it, but I mean, just based off of the poor quality that we've gotten with pretty much every 
New Japan show they've done, like they they keep kind of burning customers, and it's I uh, have a hard time seeing people continuing to want to buy pay reviews from them. Um, what I'll say is I've never had an issue with a fight pay per view that wasn't a New Japan show. Mm. It pains me to say that, <laughs> but it's it's the truth. Yeah, it's the truth. But all but again, also though. All those shows that are also on Fight stream on New Japan World for Japanese, and those feeds are fine. Yeah. Like, always, every time. The the Japanese feed is always clear as day, looks great, no issues, you know. So, I don't, I don't really, I don't understand, like, the technicalities of it, but, like, I don't know what the disconnect is. Like, what's the difference? Yeah. The, I mean, the difference on the surface looks like it's Fight. Yeah, so, but yeah, they do seem to be doing fine. Yeah, for other companies, and again, I don't have the exact numbers and stuff. I'm sure maybe WrestleNomics or the Observer has probably looked at their business model and if that'll succeed or not. But usually, the I mean, the, I think they're only growing. I mean, more and more companies are, have used the service. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't. I don't. But I don't know how much of that stuff that is live gets the same numbers as like a new japan show right so maybe that comes into play here yeah we're gonna close it down for the questions right now I know there's a few more but we're hitting up against that uh three hour mark here i don't want to keep chris up too much longer here um hey i'm in central time it's only 10 30 <laughs> for me well i won't keep myself up too much longer but, <laughs> um and for a uh, recommended uh, match of the week, Josh did uh, message me, and we're going to hold off. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was going to say, I picked one just now. Because <laughs> we're doing this whole new format now where we're picking two matches, and it's more of like a Josh and Jeremy recommends kind of thing, and where we bounce off of each other with the recommended and excursion match kind of thing. So I did. I have heard this. Um, oh, that's fine. I mean, if you want, you want to throw out a match for everybody to watch this week. I was just going to recommend the first Okada Naito match. Well, not the first, but the second Okada Naito match from March fourth, twenty twelve. Um, it's the last IWGP Heavyweight Championship match that happened at Cork and Hall. It was really the beginning of a of this era, right? And I think now, as we go into another big Okada Naito match, it's it's really cool throwback it's a lot it's a lot it's a lot faster it's a really hot corkin crowd um yeah and and the top title in new japan hasn't been defended in corgan since then so i'll put that out there as a bonus recommended match of the week march 4th 2012 okada versus naito really the beginning of their story the beginning of the same stories that are still being told in new japan too is really the beginning of the bushi road era um, a cool match. I went back and, and watched it this weekend just because I saw it posted on Reddit actually. And I was like, damn, that's a cool match. Yeah, I should go watch that. And so as we were talking tonight, I was like, that'll be, I know I'm going to be put on spot for recommended <laughs> match of the week. So I was ready for it. So there's your bonus. Nice. Yeah, that's definitely a, a fun match to check out before uh, this Sunday's wrestling Don Taku. Well, Chris, thanks so much again for, for uh, stepping in for the young boy like you've done so many times now. Um, appreciate you being the, you know, the third man, like the guy that can, you know, easily, you know, jump in the seat here. I'm just the pin eater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tag me when you got to take an L. <laughs> 
Uh, well, Chris, go ahead and tell the listeners where they can find you online. If there's anything else you want to plug or anything else you got coming up. You can see my Twitter strategy in action at the Chris Samsa and um, sportofprowrestling.com for kind of raw stats and data and then kind of big event previews at voicesofwrestling.com. Nice. So like, make sure you guys follow Chris. Check out all his great work. And uh, next week we'll be back to review Wrestling Don Taku and cover all his news in New Japan Pro Wrestling. If you enjoyed today's show, please consider making a donation by visiting socialsuplex.com slash donate and click on the Keeping It Strong Style logo. The donate button under the Keeping It Strong Style logo. And make sure you connect with us on social media. On Twitter, the show is at KI Strong Style. I'm at Jeremy L. Donovan. The network is at Social Suplex. You can follow us also on Facebook, Social Suplex on Facebook, on Instagram, or at Social Suplex. On Reddit, on the Pro Black Guy, just keeping a strong style. You can email me, Jeremy at SocialSuitBucks.com. Check out all the other shows that we have here on the Social Suitbucks Podcast Network. One Nation Radio, hosted by Rich Latta and James Boyd. The Grave Consequences, hosted by Caleb and Maserati. All Things Elite, hosted by Floyd and Austin. The AEW Match Guy Podcast, hosted by Sir Sam. The Great Match Generation Generator, hosted by Danny. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating and review. And we will catch you next week on Keeping a Strong Style. The Ace of Podcasts. Thank you for listening to Keeping It Strong Style. We'll see you next time. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.